Podcast, an official podcast of Swordchomp and Swordchomp.com. Thanks for taking time out of your crazy life to make time for ours. And remember, it's a quick reminder that if you dig the show, flip on over to Patreon.com slash Swordchomp. Patreon.com slash Swordchomp. Check out the different ways you can support the growing Chomp Nation Army. We are following up some of the biggest games of the moment this week. Uh, we talked about some of them last week, but you know, it's your, it's your favorite gaming follow-up appointment, so to speak, with Sword Chomp, uh, to make sure that your gaming soul is looking healthy, no lumps or anything like that. Uh, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night and Bloodstained Curse of the Moon. Outer Wilds, check up on Josh's Outer Wild Exploration Time Spinners. Yeah, that seems very random, but hang in there. You'll see why. Um, and maybe even a little Cadence of Hyrule uh, as well. Oh, and believe me, when it comes to lumps, <laughs> you'll know why when we discuss the Bloodstained Switch port, let me tell you. Uh, polls this week on the at Swordchomp Instagram break down the most anticipated shooter, Halo Infinite versus Call of Duty versus Borderlands 3. How is that going to shake out um is shower sex overrated that's how i discovered my lumps actually bloodstained worth the five year wait well the sword chomp audience weighs in and most importantly we have a very rare topic of the show this week where you the listener ask us anything literally anything and we field questions from the at sword chomp instagram community it's going to be wild. Not to mention, Shay has a very special Patreon shout-out planned for the end of the show. Kind of a skit, if, if you will. Um, it's going to be a good show. Let's get to some intros from Japan. Returning to us this week, the professor is here. Or, I can't introduce you this way all the time because I don't want you to steal the spotlight from our other celebrity. But, as we call him here, the PMJM, poor man's James McAvoy. Shay Layton's here. How you doing, Shay? It's going down. Shay, I know you like to call back those jokes from before the show starts, but nobody's going to get it because nobody was here before the show started. <laughs> Morgan reminded me that there's a uh, there's a song that exists with uh, the Static X guitarist who passed away, rest in peace. To yeah, the Linkin Park true. guys and a f- who are the other guys? I don't remember. The Executioners. It's like a, it was like a DJ band it's, from. It's, yeah, yeah. They're called the song is called "It's Going Down." It's very very nineties. But I, I was telling Morgan before the show, I was like, man, it's like every five years I remember that song exists, and then mm-hmm. he decided to play it uh, I was, today. <laughs> I was trying to get hyped. That's the best way to get fish hyped for the you, show. Uh, fish seem zero percent hyped no, actually no. he was bobbing you get fish hyped for the show with uh 2000s new metal and alternative rock okay that's how mm. it works that's mm-hmm. true that's true the, the the husk the husk was feeling the beat he's like 20 percent <laughs> stimulated the chocolate husk fisk husk husk uh. fish and the Wait, was it the chocolate husk fish and the hot dog flavored? Yeah, sorry, what, that was a dark. <laughs> what, 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 what were we saying before the show? Uh, oh, it's my money, and James I McAvoy. need it now. JG um, Sword Chomp. Fish, how does the jingle go? If you need, all right, I fucked that up. <laughs> try, try to get it. it. You. <laughs> you forgot it. How did you forget it? You got to remember I the jingle. Know. I did, but all of a sudden, it, it's that, that, 
I can't even hum it now. It, it's just left my, my mind. I just put you on the spot. Thing. That's why you 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 did it yeah. perfectly right before the show. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, it just I came naturally for some reason. <laughs> yeah. The second yeah. you hit the record button, um, yeah. everything falls apart. Yeah. I think <laughs> I think this is a, I think this is like a a good case analysis of fish. Like he gets the jitters, and I think that's clear. We've just seen it. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, but yeah, so the joke was just I found. Uh, I think Shay looks a lot like James McAvoy with the nose and the face and the shape, and he sends this video hulking out, and I put it up. And you know what? Over fifty percent of our audience agreed that you do look like the poor man's James McAvoy. So that's a small victory. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll, exactly, I'll take it too. You know, like I don't have like last year, I was much more in shape than I am this year. Uh, been dealing with a nagging uh, chest in- injury, so. I haven't been able to work out for the past few months. Unfortunately, it's been killing my mental, my mental, um, but feels good that I still have residual elements of musculature there. So I could pull off this sweet, sweet victory in the polls this week. It's true. It's true. Yeah, absolutely. Glad you're glad you're here, Shay. We have a lot to talk about. Uh, as I mentioned, fish is here. The Filipino Johnny Depp, um, our, our true celebrity, so I can only occasionally delve into that. We can't have too many celebrity intros because then he just it becomes you know, immune to it. The joke loses its luster. I can't have that happen. Yeah, it um, becomes too Hollywood, you know. Yeah, too all, Hollywood. You're right. All of a sudden, we're all drinking, you know, spritz, spritzer water and snorting cocaine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the bathrooms of a fucking uh, senior fogs. Um, yeah. <laughs> As I say that, Josh. <laughs> When <laughs> you say that, Josh literally Perrier. drinks that. <laughs> oh. I, I had to. The, the visual Josh gag was high too good to not do on an audio format. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was perfect. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's two two Hollywood fish, but like that really creepy, like F level Hollywood celebrity level, where they're just clinging to any piece of work they can get. <laughs> you know, like the really sad, sad celebrity. Um, yeah. That's what that's what we're doing. Uh, okay, glad you're here, Fish. A lot to talk about, of course. Um, mm. What's your what's your go to? Last ten seconds here. What's your go to hype song if you need to get hyped up for something? You're going to your CD player because um, I know for some reason you still listen to CDs, which is wild. Mm-hmm. Um, you pop Actually, it in. <laughs> I don't have I don't I don't have this hype song on my CD player, but or in CD form, <laughs> but. <laughs> No, I stopped buying CDs uh, back in, like, 2014, so, yeah. All my songs are at least five years older CDs. Oh, so you still listen yeah. to old-ass CDs? Really like, oh. old-ass CDs, yeah. I don't, Dude, I don't I should, this story got even ones. sadder than I thought. It wasn't that he it gave really up the didn't. format, it's that he gave up music. <laughs> Wait till you hear about like, what no, the CDs no, are, Josh. I've had enough of that. We'll just we'll stick with what I've heard so far. Uh, I, well, I li- I listen to Spotify, Josh. I listen to <laughs> yeah. His wife didn't let him listen to music. It was, mm. it was a problem. Yeah. Mm. None of that Fair extravagance you. here. <laughs> <laughs> no joy. <laughs> um, no, yeah. So, what's your go-to hype song? What is it going to be? You need to get hyped up for an interview, uh, a first date. What's it going to be? Uh, some sort of metal. Like for me, it would probably be "Bring Me the Horizon," Thrones. Okay. I would say, yeah. Thrones. We're the only two people that know that song. Probably Fish. Uh, oh, okay. 
Other than our millions of listeners, of course, they'll know it. Oh yeah, millions of millions. Cool. Oh. It's a good song. Okay, Thrones. All right, now you know Fish's hype song. It's song. It has there's an electronic uh, piece in that song that sounds like that. Um. Yeah. No, it's the it's the piano playing cat. That's we've we've yeah, seen. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, Okay, thanks for being here, Fish. Uh, I said that twice now. That's You get double your fish pleasure, double your fun. Joshua Fowler is here from Michigan. Uh, Josh, I realized something terrifying today mm. about you and Shay, but I'm going to direct this toward you. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that you and Shay don't use emojis. Ever! I've never seen you guys use an emoji! Well... We took the time to learn English. Hey! (laughs) It blew my mind. It was like one of those epiphanies I had. Like, you guys were like, always used like the weird little smiley faces out of text. And I went back through like a hundred pages because I was clearing my my WhatsApp chat. And you guys have never sent emoji. Me and Fish are emojiing all over the place. It's Mm -hmm. just emoji spooge left and right. You guys don't use emojis. Yeah. It's because the... We use gifts from time to time. Yeah, yeah. Our gift game is on point compared to you noobs over there. Ah, I don't know about that. Yeah, it's true. I usually go for true. porn We've gifts. evolved. We've evolved. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think a porn gift can be on point. And they're also not really allowed in our corporate chat anymore. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Only privately. They got to to people <laughs> privately. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's Something true. like that. Wait, so you guys are your anti... What's it, Joe? You don't like emojis? Yeah. You're too good for no, the, the smiley face that uh, that Apple has turned him into doesn't really give the same impression as the actual sideways smiley original emoticon. Which uh, I love yeah. that one. It's the just like super friendly and inviting. Before, mm-hmm. It's innocent. Yeah, and and because because Americans were lazy and didn't learn all the rest of that, their emoticon game just completely died until they came back as the uh the emojis in the apple keyboards there what about the laughing emoji that's a classic like the the crying laughing face you don't even go to that one no i hate that one what wow i know if sometimes fish won't say anything to us for days except the crying laughing emoji and then he'll disappear well he he uses it right (laughs) he uses it correctly like he's he's so like He's laughing so hard that he's crying kind of thing. You <laughs> you, you use it when you're trying to be a dick. Um, like there's a serves difference. all purposes. Like, <laughs> you use it when you tr- you think you've made a point and you've one upped us that you laugh. Oh, so it's a bitterness. That's laugh. why you hate it. It's I not a bitterness. It's a it's a le- well, yeah, it is. Okay. <laughs> let's let's be honest. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll, I'll admit my flaws today here on uh, audio. Yeah, absolutely. It's a level of bitterness. Sometimes I'm a child. That's okay. I always think there's something a little condescending about the smiley face one. Um, it just, I don't really? know what it is. Yeah, because really? it looks like it, because it's winking and it's sideways and it's slender and it's just like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. It like analyze the uh, psychology behind <laughs> uh, emoticons and emojis and shit like that. No, I always thought like the sideways smiley face is super just innocent and inviting. That's like how I've always okay, viewed cool. it. So that's why I use that one. 
I always, if I'm dating a girl, like I always wait to see if she uses emojis first and then I use them. I don't ever launch into the emojis first because I don't want to be a fool. You well, know? that's you, something hopefully you will never have to worry about again. That's true. That's mm-hmm. true. I like to reminisce though. Yeah. To reminisce <laughs> about the times when you got to feel, feel out those waters I, of emojis. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. I I the good remember. old days. Yes, yes. The emo- <laughs> Honey, you remember that time we were like, using emojis? Oh, so good. Yeah. I was just oh, I so just nervous. <laughs> I didn't know how you'd react at first. If you think I was one of those emoji freaks. Well, like, there's, like, weird things about dating you'll miss, like, when you first meet someone, you go to their house, and, like, sort of, like, the the smell of their house, or, like, the weird soaps that they use, and all that weird stuff. Like, you, you never get to experience that stuff again when you, you know, wear a lockdown forever. So there's all those weird... Like, the first time you, like, walk into your date's house, it's, like, a whole thing. You know what I'm talking about. You know. You're alive. I suppose. Walk walk into um, their house, and, and then emoji it. Yes, maybe that's yes. what I've been doing wrong. That's an eggplant. <laughs> 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 then I drop the eggplant emoji, and we see where it goes. Uh, uh, anyways, uh, we got a fun show today. We're, we're going to flip the topic of the show in the back end, just because it's not really specifically gaming related. Now, I did dig into the questions, and they are... Some are video game related. Um, now, the big game of the moment right now is Bloodstained. I'm pretty excited to talk about it with you guys. We got a little bit into it last week. Shay finally delved into it. Um, I coerced Shay into trying Curse of the Moon as well. Um, and I'll fish you were waiting to play it as well. So, uh, I, I, we already talked about it last week, so I'll throw it to you guys first. Like, Fish, how did you jump into Ritual of the Night? Uh, no, I haven't. Ah, you're fired. Get out of here! Get the fuck out of here! You're fired! (laughs) Alright. Time Bye, guys. (laughs) See ya, fish. Nah, that was a good show. Hmm. Um... Uh, well, what... No, you probably didn't try the, uh, the retro one either. Let me throw it to Shay. Uh, Shay! You went... You tried the prequel first, Curse of the Moon, right? Um... No, so I, I play... I played the first level of the new one. Okay. And then I... Like, it was the same night. I was like, you know what? I don't know how much time I'm going to have this week. It was a really busy week. So I was like, this is completely tangential. I apologize. So I tried the first chapter one night, and then I tried a little bit of Curse of the Moon in the same night because I had some free time one night. And I was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, damn. I love this Curse of the Moon. I want to play this whole thing first. So I played the entire thing of that first, and then I went back to the new one. Yeah, that didn't surprise me, being a retro guy like you are, a retro sycophant. No, the Curse of the Moon is, is actually really good. It surprised me because um, the story, the 10-second uh, pitch on that is they hit some Kickstarter goals with Bloodstained, um, and they one of the Kickstarter goals was to make a prequel uh, based off of... Now, the story end of it, we can get into a little bit because it's a little dicey, but yeah, it's pretty cool. A retro style. Josh, you told me you think it's like SNES style. I was getting sort of like a weird, like, in-between NES and SNES technology yeah. kind of... Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's somewhere in between... Well, I mean, it's really somewhere beyond that, really. Like, there's stuff going on on screen that you couldn't do on either of those systems, but yeah, they're they're going for... Like a slightly better than NES sort of graphic style, style there. Style, kind of, kind, yeah, kind yeah, of based yeah. off of the first Castlevania is kind of yep. the, the the big influence, but it's more prettied up than that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there are some things going on with bosses and stuff. They're like, yeah, there's no way they could have programmed that back in the day. Yeah. Um, 
But the interesting thing about it, so I went and after the show last week, if you listen to that, if you want to hear some more, like, let's say the foreplay of this conversation, so to speak, check out last week's Chompcast. But I just on a whim went to the Switch store and downloaded it for like nine bucks because I was real fascinated uh, by it. I actually was Googling it during the podcast last week. And <laughs> yeah, I finished it in like just a couple hours. I loved it. I thought it was really fun. Um like really all across the board, like the music was fantastic. The gameplay for being sort of old school, primitive style was real tight and uh, fun. Um, you start off with a nice Castlevania style dude with a whip. First, the character just like right off the bat has a big whip and a sword. Oh, no, does he have a sword? Or no, he's a sword. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I yeah, the, the initial the initial guy, the first guy. I can't. Is, is it Gable? He has a sword. Uh, no, no, I can't that's the. His that's name's a, no, like that, no. or that's right. yeah. That, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. You're right. You're right. Then you get uh, Miriam, who she uses the whip. Then you get the sorcerer guy. Then you get Gebel? Yes. Yes. The guy who turns yes. into a bat. He's the yes. bad guy in the actual Red Bloodstained game. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And sort of. The thing I really thing I yeah. love about Curse of the Moon is how easy it is to switch between those four guys. It's super easy and it has a purpose too. Like, you know, there's certain levels and certain points that I felt like, Oh, Miriam's the strongest character. And then Mm -hmm. other points where I thought, Oh, Gable's the strongest character or the sorcerer guy. I feel bad because I can't remember his name. So I'm just calling him sorcerer guy. I don't remember um, his name either. The old, the older sorcerer guy. Gangolf? Uh, who's Gangolf? <laughs> <laughs> poor man. I say Gangolf. Poor man's Gandalf. Sorry. Yeah, but um, um, each each character had a place in in playing each level, yeah. and it felt very natural to switch between them. And their power ups were super awesome. Like how you could switch between their kind of alts, if you want to call it, or their super like their super attack, whatever you, however you want to mm-hmm. label it. Um, I like that you could switch between those, and they they each had a distinctive function with each boss and each battle, each level. So I really like how natural yeah. that all kind of flowed together. I really do. I think it was a very cool choice in terms of mechanics. Yeah, like it had the game almost had like modernized mechanics in especially if you play it on casual, which I know some people would be against, but the only reason I recommend it is because it doesn't change the difficulty of the game. It just makes it to where you don't ha- you have an infinite amount of lives, but the actual difficulty stays the same. So, um I my mm-hmm. understanding is that if you're not on casual and you're on a boss and you lose all your lives, you have to do the whole level over, I would guess. Um and That's I like, true. That. I never I really know. felt like what? I I never really felt like the lives became a big deal. Like in the first few levels, as you're trying okay. to adjust, uh, sure lives are kind of a big deal. But as you get the hang of the game, it weirdly like the the difficulty curve seems seems to kind of like drop as you get further and further in each level. Um, because then you get more characters to use, so you can kind of specialize how you approach each screen or each boss, and you start building up. Uh, extra lives because you start finding extra lives later in the game oh okay. And so I th- yeah so i think i ended the i ended the game with eight lives easily oh wow you know okay so veteran like for anyone who's played these games whatsoever veteran is perfectly fine but if you're wanting to just kind of run through it really quick to get the experience casual is good too 
Yeah. Nightmare's pretty fun, too. I started that for a little bit. Because um, once you know the bosses and their patterns, it's a lot of fun. So, the, yeah, the, the cool hook, though, is that there's four different characters, and they play very differently. And I think the interesting thing, like you were saying, Shay, is that I started initially being like, oh, I'm just going to use Miriam the whole time because she's fucking badass, and she has great reach and stuff. Um, and then I'm just going to use the back guy maybe for some traversal stuff here and there. But, yeah, by the end of the game, I was switching between them for all sorts of weird circumstances. Or a character dies, and then you get to use the other three Um I assume the way it works is you get, once you're done with all four characters, they all die. That's one life, right? Exactly, exactly. Okay. And it it was you know for me because I'm not the smartest gamer in the world. I'm more than willing to admit that. It took a little bit of a learning curve as I, but I got it. I figured out you know as you have those four characters, instead of letting just one die, you know, incidentally it happens like a a flying character actually knocks you into a pit. You Sometimes that shit just happens, and it's unavoidable. Um, but, like, if you're fighting a boss, and, like, your character's about to die, if you swap over, you don't have to fight the boss over again while having less life and one less person. So if you're if you're smart enough when you're fighting a boss to yes. just, re- like, switch between character to character, it's a really good strategy to prevent yourself from having to fight the boss over with one less character. Um... Uh-huh. management management of your characters is kind of a big thing when you're fighting these bosses and it's something that was kind of mm-hmm. a higher learning curve but uh it was it was a fun thing to learn you know it was it was a way for me to kind of think outside the box with my own game uh gaming style you know cuz usually i would like with those kind of games i pick a favorite character and i just like like morgan was saying i run with it but I think this game did a really good job of making me personally think outside of the box to think about different strategies, and it ended up making the game a lot more fun and easier for me, and I actually felt like each character had a place as a result, and it was very organic in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, there's, a, there's a boss that is basically like a sea turtle minotaur. Uh, no, sorry, sea turtle centaur, which I thought was badass. It was like its lower body was like a floating sea turtle alien, and its top body was like, you know... If oh. that sea turtle alien had, you know, like a centaur. Imagine a centaur, yeah, but instead turtle of half. Minotaur would be kind of terrifying because it would be just a normal human body, but this turtle head would just yeah. pop up out of the neck <laughs> yeah. cavity there. That, that really yeah. would. Uh, which I'm down for that too, honestly. <laughs> if someone wants to animate that. Mm-hmm. Um, all the bosses were cool. Like, I didn't have, like, every boss yes. is distinctive, every level distinctive. Like, it's a tight experience. Like, I, I'm i not saying it's, like, Shovel Knight level, but, like, I was blown away by, like, how good the game was considering it was nine bucks and it was a Kickstarter goal. I thought for yeah. sure it was going to feel more throwaway but it did not it did not it was really cool i really had a lot of fun with it for it's 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 certainly could have been a throwaway game but it felt like a self-actualized uh game you know it felt yeah real and it it was absolutely worth the time to play it and it was worth the time clearly to make it exactly what morgan said everything every level had its own place it had its own personality and um, if, if I was to like, if I was to play devil's advocate for absolutely anything of the game, which is, I think not a big deal given this style of game and the retro feel of it. I definitely yeah. felt like some of the levels recycled, uh, enemies far too much. And then I felt like it underutilized some enemies in other places. Like there's some enemies I was like, fuck that enemy's cool is difficult. And you'd see it like twice in one level and you'd never see it again. 
but then you'd see this annoying uh this annoying enemy and you're like oh here's the hundredth time of fighting this annoying enemy and that's fine it's not a huge deal i i kind of relate it to you know like a song where like there's like this one really cool part that a band will do and you're like oh that part was so good why didn't they go back to it but then it makes it more meaningful hmm. in the same breath kind of thing why so, isn't it all I've, hooks they yeah. could just make a song that's all hooks that's lincoln park hmm. there you go <laughs> that's right three but, minutes of no, all hooks i mean like that to me is the real big devil's Somebody advocate thing on. other than that it felt like a really good game for like morgan saying it being nine dollars and it being kind of a quote-unquote throwaway game i yeah. felt it was a great game yeah it really wasn't a throwaway game at all it's it's nine bucks and if you think it sounds cool i, I can't recommend it enough for that price plays great on the switch too uh the coolest thing about it i would say is the transition is that it's you get to see a lot of stuff from the actual Bloodstained game in Curse of the Moon, mm -hmm. and it gives it a little context. Now, my primary criticism with the game, which I think is awesome, is that it's supposed to be a prequel, and there's basically not an interesting story really. Like, they're going for the old-school video game story, which is basically no story, but at the same time, their no story is still kind of like... Uh, like, when Miriam shows up for the first time, she literally just drops out of the sky. She's like, hey, don't kill me. Okay, I'll come with you. Da -da -da. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I I was just hoping there was going to be a little more, like, why these characters met up. Maybe a couple lines of dialogue that was well done. Um, but now that I've played a lot of Bloodstained uh, Ritual of the Night, that game is a pretty awful story, too. So I don't really know what I was hoping for. It doesn't, you know, why would they would, go through a... I would say that the, the, the actual game, the not the prequel it has a campy story for sure uh, i wouldn't necessarily say horrible i'd say campy maybe that like that's probably the same thing for you morgan i understand it's probably that's the a same nice thing. way of doing it. no i agree i'd say yeah campy sure yeah. yeah it's very campy but i i feel like with the the prequel for them to try and infuse a greater story into something like that would have kind of detracted from the actual experience of playing I, it it felt like kind of sufficient enough i didn't feel like definitely the story is not the the focal point of the prequel by any stretch of the yeah. imagination yeah um it gives a little bit of context though in that when you're playing the actual game that you know miriam is constantly referring to gebel and uh alfred which is the uh, sorcerer's oh, name. Oh, there I, we go. I had, I had to look it up. I had to look it up. He looks like Alfred, of course. <laughs> yeah. But, like, they're referencing in the story of the main game, like, they used to be friends, they used to work together, and you're like, okay, well, what what is the context to this? And basically, Curse of the Moon just gives you the actual physical context, not the story yeah. context. <laughs> they were fighting buddies. <laughs> yeah, and then it's, I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. But... The thing is, at the end, uh, Zangetsu, which is the the first character, uh, it's going to be a spoiler. Very minor. It. It's I mean, yeah, I don't want to spoil. It. Some, something it happens, that. and, and uh -huh. it, something happens with the main character and the other three characters, and then you're kind of left on a, if you can call it that, like a mini cliffhanger. I was interested to see what happens after that. They said there there might be more to come on this story. I don't know if that's you have to play through the nightmare mode to get the, like the finalization of that story. Maybe that's the case. Like you play through nightmare mode and then you see how yeah. the prequel in this game ties together. Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. But it had me a little interested to see what happens um, with Zangetsu, but 
Other than that, yeah, because he's he's the hmm. primary character in the prequel, but in the game he is not. He's a side character. Um, right, exactly. So I I'm excited to see how the two tie together. Um, and I think like I think if anyone's enjoying the the actual game of Bloodstain, you would absolutely enjoy Curse of the Moon if you have any kind of nostalgia pulling you towards any of the nes snes games like mega man i got hints of mega man in there obviously castlevania Mm -hmm. uh any of those kind of games you'll absolutely enjoy this game it's worth the money it's worth the time that's probably a better way of saying it like if you are enjoying bloodstained or castlevania games then you'll know it's for you because it's just i i'm even more on the fence with those kind of games as you guys know especially retro games or games trying to be retro games and i really enjoyed it um so it's and I think it's just because of what it did. It did really well. Great bosses, great music, tight gameplay. It's really all I need mm-hmm. from an older game. Yeah, great. Right, right. For nine dollars, it's a great package. Like yeah, um, which is something my ex girlfriend used to say to me. But yeah, for nine dollars, nine dollars, huh? Wow. Yeah. Um, I was taking that nine another way, but you know, so Bloodstain Ritual of the Night is an interesting thing, though, because you're taking the, another way the, it's a six. Which is arguably the worst <laughs> position ever known to man. Arguably. What, the 66? Let's argue that sometimes. Yeah, that's... <laughs> 66. It's, it's, it's fucking ah. terrible. What is that? What is... This? Let me visualize that. <laughs> <laughs> You're eating the back of someone's it's head. It's just two guys doing a handstand. They had to share a wall. It's not... <laughs> <laughs> uh, That'd be a 99, Josh. <laughs> Would it? <laughs> yeah. I'm confused yeah. by math now. Anyway. It would be. Well, I'm just kidding. I, I'm, more, I'm more interested in the visual of two guys trying to do a handstand on the same wall. That's just bringing me the most joy. <laughs> that sounds pretty badass, yeah. Um. But the interesting thing about yeah, Bloodstained... that's one word for it. <laughs> uh, the interesting thing about Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, which is the five-year-long wait for the Kickstarter game, sixty um, percent of our audience said yes, it was worth the wait. I'll round them up. There were some fifty-nines in there this week. I'm not going to split hairs on that shit. Um, so sixty percent of the audience said they felt like it was at least worth the wait um, because you know we don't see these kind of games really anymore. And it's too bad. You know, I was talking to the crew last week, Shay, but there was a bunch of Castlevania games on the DS and the Game Boy Advance that were really good. And they were produced by um, Yashi as well. Uh, um, uh, and Konami just decided they didn't want to make those games anymore. And that's why this Kickstarter happened. But the interesting thing I got playing Bloodstained, which I have been playing and for the most part really enjoying... Uh, is that it's really not that different from those old Castlevania games. It's mm-hmm. like it's eerily similar. You just walk around, you kill things, you loot stuff, you fight bosses, got some good music, got some tight gameplay. And they're fun games, and there was a ton of those games on Game Boy Advance and DS. But yeah. I think a lot of them were just missed out on by people because there's a lot of people out there that seem to think this is the first game like this in Symphony of the Night, and they're squirting their hot load everywhere. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's, I mean, I get the pedigree involved, there's a lot of people that were excited backing this Kickstarter because of the pedigree, but I was just surprised that it felt so similar to those games. And if those games feel so similar to Symphony of the Night, like I think they're really cool. I realized how much I enjoy those kind of games now, mm-hmm. but 
I, I I'm, there's a ton of those games on the DS and the Game Boy Advance, and I wonder if people just missed out on them. I wonder if that was part of the the hype for this thing. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the the Game Boy and the DS both sold amazingly well, but I don't know a lot of people who were like super into them stateside. I don't, I don't know if they just the community was more younger people who bought those mm-hmm. consoles. A lot of people just missed out. I think. Or maybe those games in particular. Yeah, I'm going to look up some sales right now, but yeah, Josh, I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. I hmm. I feel like when people think about that system, they wouldn't na- name a Castlevania game as one of their top five games. Um, for whatever reason, maybe they just kind of got lost in the shuffle, even though they were really good games. So, But yeah, mm-hmm. so I think anyways, I think the game is really good. Shay, how are you feeling about the actual game itself? Pretty uh, much what you were expecting? or um, How's it running on your computer? I'm really enjoying it so far. I I'm enjoying it a lot more than I thought I would. People were all over social media were posting like screenshots or quick clips. And just the, to to be honest with you, at first I saw the art and I was like, this looks fucking terrible. This is a game people are playing. <laughs> and um I was not I felt the same way. I was yeah. not sold on it at all. But so when like uh you know you had told me I, I should try it and I was planning on trying it after seeing all all these people talking about it on social media. I was like, man, I'm not really looking forward to this. And then I started playing it and I found that the art wasn't near as bad as the screenshot grabs that people were putting up or the videos people were putting up, not to blame it yeah. on the people or, or the game or anything like that. It just maybe is my perspective at the given point in time, but it's, it's I, a little more charming in, in the flesh. Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I felt a lot better about the art direction when I booted it up. I, I've really enjoyed it so far. Like like we talked about briefly um, in regards to talking about the prequel, the story is a little bit campy, and that's fine. I, I think most video game stories have a level of campiness to them, and that requires a suspension of disbelief. So with this, I feel it's kind of the same thing. It hasn't been overly campy. Like I feel like when I think of an overly campy story, I feel like a Fire Emblem. As much as I enjoy the story of a Fire Emblem, it's overly campy. Yeah. And this doesn't feel like it's breaching or approaching that level yet. At least for me, as far as far as I've gotten into the game, which is um I think I'm about to hit the second boss. So so far it's felt good. I um I really like the modernized feel of the two point five D platforming uh in the game, the whole Metroidvania style i've enjoyed the modernization of it not just in terms of graphical abilities but just how you're able to switch through different abilities and it feels natural like with something like a mega man it always felt kind of like a pain in the ass to switch between your abilities on the snes or the nes when you're playing those type of games but Mm -hmm. obviously with modern technology and how it's come along uh it's made easier for you to be able to transfer between those abilities and they've done it really yeah. well in Bloodstained. It feels very, very natural to be able to sift through your inventory, to be able to equip certain abilities and use those abilities. It all yeah. feels very natural. The menu screens allow for you to be able yeah, to sift through that information. I don't, I don't that know if you've gotten there yet, but it's, like, it gets even better than that. Um, you start to unlock different equipment loadout slots as you go, different shortcuts. Um, yeah. So you can have, like, an exploration set, and then without even having to go into the menus, just hold down the left trigger and then select which other loadout you want. 
So you can switch to like all your abilities for fighting a boss and then like not have to go into the menus at all for all your exploration, which is really cool. Like I've got like four or five of them unlocked currently. And so like I can swap to like, well, here's, here's all my underwater skills. Cause I'm about to go swimming through an area. I need to, I need to have all the crap out that I'm going to need for that sort of thing. And here's, here's my jumping based abilities for, you know, like kind of normal traversal. You know, like here's here's a bunch of healing abilities if I need to top off before a fight or something, um, mm. and being able to just instantly switch between those, it does. It just it streamlines the process a lot. Uh, and these are games with a ton of loot, it, a ton of not just loot, but loot that you're going to use. Like a lot of games will have just stuff you'll never interact with and this this is gonna be the same way like if you don't like a certain weapon type you're not going to use it like maybe you don't like the whips or maybe you don't like whatever like uh, i'm just not going to use the guns or something like that makes sense but a lot of the abilities you're going to end up kind of swapping between because they're good in different situations um and it's it's really cool to be able to do that on the fly to to kind of go off of that too like if you're not going to use a specific item or a particular item, what's cool about it is you can break it down and use it for items that you can use to build other items, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You break down the items you don't use and use those resources to build the items that you will use. And I think that's I think that's awesome. You know, like obviously being a huge fan of the Bethesda games over the years, I can honestly admit that one of the most annoying things about that those games, one of the most annoying things about those games, yeah, sorry, is uh, the collection of items. There's, like, so many times where I have, like, ten weapons in my inventory, and I'm like, just in case I need it this one time, I do this every fucking time I play those games, mm-hmm. and then I never yeah, end up using those crazy. items. Yeah, and, yeah, you, and, yeah. And you're always, like, trying to, pre- like, prepare for any given situation, and it's <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's frustrating, but with this game, like, with you could it has the potential to do that but the creators have obviously thought about that and they've said well if you're not going to use these items just break them down and make them into items you will use or mm-hmm. leave well, them as yeah, resources the only thing i wish the game go ahead no i agree i agree and i i love the game so far it's just uh, one thing i wish the game was a little more clear about is it's always showing you like attack power and stuff on weapons so you can scroll through all your weapons and you're going to see a bunch of like oh this is much weaker oh this is weak oh god but yeah. in reality it's not that simple yeah because... they don't show you attack speed on there and so yes, you have they to don't, test yes. every weapon to know how it is actually going to but, pan out which and speed is huge in that game so yeah, I don't... attack speed is massive and it's not a listed stat anywhere so you kind of have to go off a feel yeah, which I, like, I, I get is this, probably intended yeah. because they want people to. You're not going to be able to get a strict DPS number in a game like this because you have to yeah. get those attacks in around boss attacks and other stuff like that. So sometimes just a single big hit will be better DPS because you can get one hit off basically with anything. Um, but, I just wish they would have yeah. like a little note, like you might want to try this weapon if you're looking for something quick. Because like mm-hmm. I, the other day for fun, I switched to this like little leaf blade thing, and you don't even see the weapon whenever uh, she uses it. It just looks like a green flash. It's like, yep. and it's so fast. But that's like, the best weapon in the game for a while because you don't see the weapon. Not not because you don't see it, but because there's no animation for it. Yeah, so there's no animation. You it's can just you can use it while moving. There are very few weapons in the game you can use while moving, and that's one of them. Yeah, uh, but but that's, the funding of the I game is you can basically use it. Like, yeah, 
I, I agree completely because, uh, you know, I found that at the beginning of the game, you know, I was like, oh, this weapon's stronger, I'll use this one. And it's like, holy shit, this weapon's slow. And I found myself, like, because now I've gotten to the crafting portion of the game where you can craft your weapons and whatnot. So I see a weapon mm -hmm. in there that it's a katana, and I love katanas are one of my favorite weapons in any game. And mm -hmm. it's a little bit more powerful than the one I have now. And I'm like, well, I don't know its attack speed, and I'm going to spend all these resources on it. Well, I'll just yeah. take the risk. Well, the nice thing and is... Unfortunately, it paid off for me, but yeah. oh, okay. in other okay. situations... Yeah. The, you know, the other like, nice thing is they put the crafting immediately next to a save point. So if you want to just try out a <laughs> new weapon, you can... Cheat it? Yeah, yeah you can yeah. try out the new weapon and then reload if it's... I didn't even just, think that's about true that. Too. Yeah. That's true, yeah. Yeah. That's true, too, yeah. But... It's scary. It's a blind spot that I think they should have found a way to, to explain better. Yeah. No, yeah, and it's 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 such a... It's, I don't want to say it's minor, because to some people it's going to be major, and I don't want to downplay what might be an issue for some people. For me, it's a, it's a minor issue. That's always kind of in like, this genre, though, because, like, the different weapon animations has always been hugely important in the games. Um, like, they have yeah. different classes, but, like, usually the classes weren't even listed before. Um, and so just having the ability to say, okay, this one's this one's a katana, so you know it's going to have that same kind of you know, narrow arc in front of you attack. Like, mm. they all basically mm. have the same thing. There are a few outliers, like you right. were saying, that one sword that has a completely different attack. Um, there, there are a few, a few weapons like that where it'll, it'll be in a class, but it'll just have a completely unique animation. Um, yeah. yeah. So right. you, you still have to look I for like stuff, the, but I you like can generally tell based off the yeah. class. So and there's that's... so many. There's so many fucking weapons. It's mm -hmm. exciting. It's just, if you're used to playing a game where they tell you... Like, red is bad, blue is good, and you're looking through, like, 18 weapons, and you're like, all these weapons say that it's going to bring me way down in strength, but then it's just know that it's not that simple. That's our yeah. pro tip. Mm -hmm. It's more complicated. Right. right. Try right. weapons I, out. I, I do might, like you that might they... find something you really like that doesn't look like it's a strict Like the upgrade. Morgan Stern, that fucking little mace. I like using that thing a lot because it has my name in it. Mm -hmm. um, that's the only reason. The leaf blade. I like using shea butter because it has my name in it. <laughs> um, but well, enemies will like you can kill the enemy like a hundred times and it'll finally drop the a weapon. You're like, I've never seen this weapon before, but I knew you were gonna drop it, motherfucker. Like, there's this one guy walking around with one of those like grindy swords that goes like, Whoa. it's yep. like a meat grinder blade. And I must have killed a million of those things. And then the other day I was playing and I killed one and he dropped the sword. And I it was the first time I it shows seen it. loot tables under the bestiary. I'd have to check though. Oh, I, really? I don't know if it okay. shows the entire loot sure. table or only stuff you've mm. actually had them drop. I need to I need to check yeah. that. So I, I, it I, was useless I don't at know, that but... point anyway. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was funny that it dropped. Yeah, yeah, it's still cool though. I love that they I love that they list weapon types because if you know anything about any of the weapons, you know what you kind of know what you're getting. So if, like for me, if I saw yep. oh this weapon's a claymore, I know it's a two handed weapon. I know it's going to be slow. If it's an axe, yeah. it's like a giant battle axe. I know it's going to be two handed weapon. I know it's going to be slow. Like, you kind of know, but still, yeah, I wish they had listed those speeds, but it is what it is. But the, moving... The I was just going to say, the shards are a lot like the souls from the other Castlevania games. Yeah, because... it's the same same idea. Like, you get these souls from yeah. all... Basically, every every enemy in the game has a shard that will, it will drop that is an ability that you can use in some fashion. Like, they, it's basically yeah. the same system as they've had in the Castlevania games for a long, long time. Um and there's where most so of them many are just attacks, like... but some of them are like different 
passive like buffs you can get and yes, familiars yes. you can have follow you around. Here's a giant attack. rat I just summoned to fight mm-hmm. for me, or a ghost, or and there's so many of those. But like, I found this like uh, arrow shooting one that I leveled up, yeah. and it's been like pretty OP because it shoots like four arrows. And I'm yeah, just like, okay. the arrows are really really good on bosses because. It's tuned for traveling around the world, and that arc, you'll only hit, like, two or three arrows. But in the bosses, where you hit every single shot... entire body? (laughs) It does, like, an insane amount of damage. That's, like, one of the better... That's that's on my boss fighting kit, is that that true arrow one. boss kit. Because you can level that up (laughs) fairly easily, because the stuff that you level it up with drops pretty easily. And, yeah, you can just demolish bosses with that ability. Yeah. Which is kind of the problem is you'll find a set that you kind of like and you might get overly reliant on it. But that's the fun of the game. I think it's going to sound fucked up, but part of the fun of the game for me is almost like trying to break it a little bit. The game almost encourages you a little bit to try and break the game because there's RPG mechanics and then there's all these weapons and abilities and those can be leveled up too. And to some degree, you can't balance that perfectly. It's just not possible. And that's okay, you know? Yeah. Like one of my favorite techniques currently... Is uh, there's a, a flying edge, flying blade? I think it's flying edge, but it's a sword that instead of having a normal sword attack animation, you throw it out in front of you and it spins a couple times and comes back. Um, but that animation plays, you know, completely independent of you. So you can throw it out and then I'll actually transform. I'll use want. one of the enemy transforms <laughs> that will let you oh, use one of their okay. attacks. So I can throw the sword out. Swap so I'm turning into another enemy, hit them a bunch of times with that, and then the weapon will come back, I can catch it, I can swap back, throw the sword out again. So I'm basically getting what would be my normal DPS untransformed, plus my DPS transformed at the same time, which That's is nice. lots lots of fun. It's way too complicated of a rotation, but it's lots of fun anyway. So Yeah, it's a cool game. It's a cool game. I agree with you, though, Shay. Like, when I first saw the visuals, I was like, this is horrible. And that's actually improved from what it was. Like, but they, before they mm-hmm. went back and fixed this game, because the story was they had released some trailers, and the director of the game, uh, Iyashi, was like, <laughs> he got really mad because everyone was talking shit on the internet about how ugly his game was. And he was like, fuck this! <laughs> so he's like, and he went, and they made the visuals a lot better. But they're still, it's charming, but it, let's put it this way. It feels, it's like listening to a really good independent band or something. It's like you can still tell they didn't have the production values, you know. It's it's charming, but it's it's rough around the edges, to say the least. Yeah, yeah, but, no doubt, no yeah. doubt. I mean, it's I still enjoy it, though. And one thing I actually, kind of, one kind of parallel I drew a little bit, I don't know if, Josh, you caught on this, but there were times where I was playing and some of the music kind of reminded me of Gravity Rush 2's music a little bit from time to time, not... Not so much more of the gothic parts, huh. but other parts. I was like, oh, that's like Weird. the Gravity Rush 2 soundtrack. And it made me immediately want to play yeah. Gravity Rush 2. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I still love that game. That's, yeah. yeah. I still think about that game at least once a week. Yeah, just just being in that world is great. It's just, it's, it it's one of those games that just moving around in the world is so enjoyable that you, you, just, yeah. you want to go back the, and be the there The world again. building in that game was, yeah. It's, the world it's building good. in that game is almost unparalleled in my opinion for this generation of consoles but i also love the the world building in this game as well i love the feel it has so i think it's a solid game uh despite the issues that it's had it's definitely worth a try i think Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I can tell you as far as the lumps go, because I, I was I love the game, but I that Switch version is rough, and they haven't up they haven't patched it yet. Um, yeah. and I felt well, I've, it's I've, still what the Switch version is less than a week old now, so. Yeah, but I mean, at some, I don't. What am I gonna do? Just not play it? I can't stop playing it because I want to play it. You know? Yeah. It's tough because I, I understand the the challenges that come with that, but I've never like. Usually, it's just a resolution drop, which sucks. But you're like, okay, whatever. I get it. You know, it's not because the the switch can't handle the visuals. It's yeah. just whenever they're. Converting, I think most of that has less to do with the switch port than just the game in general still has issues. Um, like, it's still unstable on PC. Um, so, it is. Yeah, they're, they're eventually going to... I mean, like, they, they've already patched a couple times, so... Yeah. Well, I just mean, had... like, I've seen it visually on the PS4 and Xbox, and mm-hmm. I've seen it on a PC, and it looks so much smoother and better. Like, the resolution issues, to describe it to people who don't know what I'm talking about, when you play it on the Switch, everything just kind of looks blurrier on the edges. And for me, it's distracting, but you you know you give that up for the portability. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's you know, it's the thing it's is of... there are strong. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was gonna say one thing that's kind of funny as I've been playing this game, my laptop hasn't been fully able to handle it. So I like I'm playing in what's essentially like a super slow motion version of it. <laughs> so oh, she's no. like moving super slow, oh, no. <laughs> and so I'm I'm like. It's kind of funny. The game's probably going to take me a lot longer than it normally would to finish the game because like, like Miriam's moving super slow motion. So when she goes to attack, she's like going like a quarter of the speed she should be. It's really funny. Like <laughs> the dialogue, the dialogue is still normal speed. The audio is still normal speed, but the the visuals are going like super slow motion. So it's really funny. It's kind. Of, it's kind uh, of. That's, it's that's like a, it's something uh, that I. Maybe you should be annoyed or frustrated by, but it's actually kind of funny. Like just <laughs> slowly as she's pulling the sword back, going to swing. So it's the, 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 the troubles of gaming on the laptop. Kill you. Hmm. Yeah, I think the bosses are going to be impossible that way. No, no, that. I beat the first boss just fine, but um, I didn't have any issues with. Well, them. the first boss just stands there, though. You know, like that's that. true. That's true. Yeah. I. I've I've had to adjust a little bit. I, that's one thing I really love about this game that we didn't really mention is the diversity of enemies in this game is awesome. Uh, you know that was kind of my complaint a little bit about uh, Curse of Curse of the Moon is like there's mm-hmm. not really complaint like a uh, I don't know what the word the right niggle. word I can't think of the right yeah maybe niggle is probably the right word yeah is just that there is not always a good diversity. In this one, it's felt like there's a greater diversity, and it's not like they're using the same kind of creatures that other games have used. You know, like, I'm not fight- fighting a gargoyle or a grendel or something like that. I'm fighting these creatures that may look similar to, like, demons in other games and something like that. But there's little qualities that make them stand out, and they've been named yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. And just my deepest wish is that Fish would play the game, because I think Fish would really like that game yeah yeah you do eventually start running into like recolors and stuff of of enemies but they'll have um they're not just recolors they'll change the way they attack and stuff like they'll add you know different elemental varieties of them and stuff um just to kind of switch it up a little bit um so yeah that that eventually does creep in there but it's not like they're 
identical enemies, just you know, with more stats or anything. So that's yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, I love it too. I mean, I I think that it frustrates me because I feel like it could have been a lot more. It reminds me a lot of like ukulele and stuff where I play these games. Obviously, I'm liking this more than ukulele, but there's I just like man, I imagine what this game could have been. Yeah, um, well, I think it still will values. be like because like they've got several DLC items that are you know Kickstarter promises that they're still going to be doing. So they've got months of development still to do on here. So. I mean, if it sounds like any of these issues are a little too big for you to want to jump in on it, I mean, just wait a little while. This this seems like the sort of thing they're not giving up on just because it, you know, hit release day or something. So, Yeah, I would just say for the record, the Switch version, I've had save points that don't pop up. Uh, there was input lag, which was frustrating during some of the bosses. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's a visual downgrade. If I could go back in time, I might just get it on, like, the Xbox One or the PS4. Um, even though I'd be able to play it a lot less because I got like Mario Maker 2 today and it just reminded me how great that fucking game looks uh, because it's a Nintendo game. Again, it's not the console. It's if it's not made specifically for the Switch, it's yeah. always going to, you know, have these problems. So it's a bummer. It's it's, it's mm-hmm. frustrating because it's so perfect for handheld, Josh. It reminds me of those Castlevania games you could play. Yeah, on exactly. Go. Like those were amazing <sighs> on, the, on the Game Boy. So... Man, I don't know. It just sucks. I feel like my my I love this game, and I could be a lot more excited about it. But um, Bloodstained, Ritual of the Night. I agree. I'd love to see Fish play this game, Shay. I think he would really dig it. Um, like he's yeah. supposed to. I, you know, uh, sorry. This is kind of a random and impromptu. Uh, that that article that I sent you guys from the Kickstarter about that that small saga game where you play. It's like a an RPG. You play as a mouse that walks around with a pocket knife. I don't know if you guys looked at that. Um, I, when I sent it to you guys two days ago, it was like, I think about two thirds of the way from being funded. It's almost funded at this point, which is awesome. I think like, I don't usually back Kickstarters cause I don't really hear about them like Josh does. But I think I'm going to back this one cause this game looks awesome. I don't know if you guys looked at yeah. the stuff on it. But... Hopefully you'll be able to play it in about seven years. So <laughs> Well, hopefully by then I'll have a better PC. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, yeah, it I'm looks, it looks awesome. Hey, you never know. Bloodstain's on sale again down the road for like $20 on PSN. I might That's a video it. game? I saw RPG and miniature in the, in, the, uh, in the description of the thing you sent, so I didn't click on the link. I'm like, I don't need miniatures to paint in my life. This is just... No, 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 no. It's a, it's a game. Like, so basically... Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I didn't like, click on it because I saw those two words. I'm like, <laughs> no, not again. Honest. Yeah, no, it's it's a you're playing as a mouse that walks around with like a pocket knife, and he's just like navigating like the normal world, uh, yeah, and fighting fighting things like cats or big rats, bunnies, and you have other when things like mouse, there's you're a mouse solvable. another mouse. He has like a little mini bow and arrow. There's this uh this vole. Who walks around with a lighter as his weapon? There's a uh, squirrel that walks around with a a half of a pencil that he's turned into a flute. That's his weapon. Things like that. It just looks super quirky and cute, and I wanna I wanna support that. It looks like it has a ton of character, and it looks very like a very unique indie game. So, sorry, I was just checking that out as you guys <laughs> were wrapping up the. Uh, the bloodstained bit. Yeah. I yeah. saw that. That's fine. So I apologize. It looks really good. Um, and just to, 
and so yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. It's probably mostly it for the talk, but maybe we can check up to see um, how we how it sticks with us, and then uh, if Fish gets around to it. By yeah. the way, sixty percent of our audience said that they did feel like it was worth the wait. Guessing they probably didn't play it on Switch, but that's still respectable number. Uh, and I did a comical poll that was basically there was only two options, and both of them were fuck Konami. So um, fuck Konami was the victor. Hmm. Uh, and because <laughs> fuck Konami right now, how dare they? Uh, and oh, Fish is awoken. He can join us again. Hey, Fish, you're just in time for a question because I know you didn't play anything this week. Um, so I'm going to unfire you for one second so you can tell us why you voted. Oh, you voted Back on yeah. the team. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Fuck yeah. Oh, oh shit. It's not a guarantee. He voted yes on shower sex, even though 74% of our audience said no mm. on shower flow. So, uh... Weird. That is just weird to me. Like, I don't know. It's very... I don't know. Uh, for one, I really like showers. Showers are a very relaxing thing. Just showers in general. Baz, uh, I'm not really a fan of. But showers, I, I could take a good, nice 30-minute shower. It's very relaxing. You get real clean. Afterwards, you feel real refreshed and everything. So when you add sex into the mix to it, it's just like a win-win situation for me going on there. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't detract from the sexual engagement um and depending on you know the, the certain actions that you do there i could more or less hinder uh, the love making but for me it's uh, it's always been a great thing to have those two things to enjoy in the shower so yeah yeah uh, you know what fish i'll back you because i also said yes on this you know, there's nothing wrong with pounding. There's nothing wrong with pounding Whoa. a little ass in the shower. Whoa! Oh, wow. Yeah, it's one of the best places well, to do the sixty-six. That's what you like to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the worst place, Josh. Very slippery, very dangerous. But you're working on your balance no, you as get you're those slipping little, around. Uh, the grippy stick-on things you put on the floor there. You're getting strength gains mm -hmm. as you're dealing with the flowing water. No, no, I I actually kind of agree with Fish that um, I like showers very much, too. And so, I mean, if if you're into that, like you're into mixing those two things up, why not? Why not, you know? I mean, like, you know what's funny is, like, I feel like this is, like, the question really boils down to do you like doing it while you're married or if you're unmarried kind of thing, because like married, married what? couples are like, eh, we could do it in the shower, but we got this nice bed. But like, if you're unmarried, you're like, I'm going to take sex wherever I can fucking get it. Like if I'm pounding out in my kitchen sink, I'll pound out in my kitchen sink. If I'm going to do it over a bag of garbage. I'm going to do it over a bag of garbage. Like you're not no. fucking caring. If you're, if you're unmarried, like if you're single or wow. if you're in a new relationship, <laughs> You're going to pound out wherever you're going to pound out. I just want to get a sound clip of Shay saying he'll pound it out over a bag of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, people people act like they're like... So you're saying you wouldn't prefer it, but if you were desperate, you would do it. I think anyone who is desperate enough for sex would pound it out in the shower, but pound no. it out anywhere. And that's I the think thing. You're like, adding your own context to this question. You're not wrong, but I think that you're adding I, your I think own, that's what it boils uh, down to. Here. Like, mar married people... 
married people or even people who are uh, older, I guess, they're going to be more selective about where they have sex, generally. There are some people that are just selective no matter what because they value it. But I feel like the general population, if they're not married, are going to take sex where they can get it. If it's not like, oh, I'm pounding out the same person for the 500th time, they're going to be like, oh, fuck. You want to have sex where? Yeah, uh, let's try it. Let's try this new thing. Let's do it. <laughs> That's cute. I will say this, um, as far as the stats go and personal experience goes, I only did this poll because I was asking my wife about it. We were Now, we do a lot of stuff in the shower, but not really sex. And she's like, you know, I don't really like sex in the shower. Water is just not a good lubricant for us women. And I was like, you know, that's a good point. Um, and so maybe the reason why it came back that way, cause I was looking at the votes and it's anonymous. So I'm not going to tell you obviously specifics of it, except that there was almost no women that were voting positively for shower sex. There's a very small number of them. So maybe it's something that men seem to enjoy a little bit more than women. Um, because from what I've gathered, you know, the water does not make a good lubricant the way it mixes. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of other fun stuff you can do in the shower that are sexual and I really enjoy. So, I don't know. I yeah. take this. F- I, I, I agree with your wife to a point. Like, the whole lubrication thing can be an issue when you're having sex in the shower. I, I, I can see that being an argument. Absolutely. So, that's fair. And that's a big part of it. So. Props to you guys. You guys are getting rock hard boners and pounding away in the shower. God bless whoa, you. It's whoa, not whoa, easy to whoa, do. Whoa, 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 Who said? Who 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 said anyone's getting a rock hard boner? Okay, so you're pounding away with limp shower boners. <laughs> gotcha. Hey, I never even said I was pounding away in the shower. I said if anyone enjoys doing it, they should do it. Why not? I never once said I'm pounding out some ass in the shower. Okay, so but you're I will, not- I will try, I will try a sixty-six in the shower. Okay, <laughs> let it be confusing. known. I just love the idea of fish really sleepy in the shower and relaxed, just like pulling it out, just like oh baby, let's just have a nice, relaxing, you know. I just want, I want to try missionary in the shower. You've got to pick. You've got to pick whether you're going to sixty-six or missionary because. Once you put those, you know, grippy, you know, floor deals down in the shower, it, it kind of limits your options. Yeah. Let's be yeah. honest. It's only doggy. I just want to, I want to yeah. hear someone scream down the drain. That's all I want to hear. Hmm. As the water's going down. <laughs> I mean, Ooh. unless you want to. Sounds like a ghost. Unless you want to get hurt. Like, basically... What the fuck is going on up there? It's like moaning Myrtle is up there. Like a horror itch movie. comes up out of the shower, kills us both. Stephen King's new sequel, Too It's far. Two, when fucking in the shower goes wrong. Um, all of a sudden you just see like that blood swirl of blood just circling down that drain. That is true. They, you know what? They I don't, they don't have towels in Texas. Is it, <laughs> the second best the, place is a, not a thing blood there? donor clinic. That way they don't have, they don't have to draw that, the blood out. That's the thing out. though. Like, yeah, if your woman's if it's that time of the month where you're a woman, like, shower's the best place <laughs> to get it done. <laughs> Cactus. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm beginning a to understand a, this, a, uh, a, the shower appreciation. It uh, 
There's yeah. a layer of two bad jokes. Fish was telling a bad joke concurrently while I was telling a bad joke. And that'll become hmm. apparent. We'll put armadillos down, Josh. Week. I also and just cactus. have a horribly fucked up joke that I'm not going to say because it's very mean. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's let's move on to more games or more um, polls. But I just will say for the record, the actual phrasing was shower sex is always so sexy uh, in movies and TV. But in reality, it's uncomfortable, far too wet and just not that great. Seventy poor, far too wet. The, the, your complaint far was the wetness. Too wet, far too wet. No, think about it. It's Speaking of which, I went outside to... yesterday. Did you know that there's this ball of fire just overhead when you're out there? It's just like, oh, it, it, it was far too bright. That well, that's not showers too wet, guys. It's okay. Well, the women, um, you know what I'm talking about when I say far too wet. I ain't talking about the skin on the outside, if you know what I mean. Um, 74% of the audience agreed. It's science, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, the complaint is is not the wetness, it's just the Texas that burns your skin. For a woman to get comfortable in there, it's got to be way, way too hot for you to actually do any physical labor and uh. And get the That's job also done, part of done in there, yeah. yeah. You can make a laundry list of issues. Mm-hmm. But I will say, it seems like from the poll that of the few men, of the few people that enjoyed it, the 20 percentile or whatever, 79% of those people were also men. So, you know, do what you will with those statistics. Maybe there's something to that. Uh, men being selfish and wanting it in the shower. And women the, just being nice and... Spoiler alert, there's literally nothing to do with those statistics because they are not real statistics. Hey! 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 Mm. How dare mm. you? You're... I, nothing, nothing against, like, if we're talking... If we're talking from a scientific or... St- we're talking from a scientific or a statistical standpoint. <laughs> you're, you're, spit it. Try it again. Let's let it spit it out. Come on, you got it. Your information is uh, striated and, because you're picking from a very specific subset group of people. You're not getting a lot of different people mm-hmm. from different nationalities, different geographical locations. So, in essence, oh no, you cannot do anything with this information. But it's fun, I'm and so... I love our fans, mm-hmm. regardless. And I love fish, and I'm sorry I keep interrupting him. I'm sorry, yeah. fish. We love you, even if your p-value is a little too high. Someday you you'll back, be statistically you significant yeah. in my eyes. So, so, mm-hmm. You're going to find a girl that loves shower sex just as much as you do. Oh. Okay. <laughs> That used to be our joke when he lived, when we had our apartment. Fish would go take a shower for like an hour and a half, and we would just have this whole joke that he was just like getting. Uh, it's a whole thing about him going down to this underworld of yeah. like. And go through the I'm just going to live in the shower. I was really surprised when you sold your life story to Del Toro. It was. That was an unexpected good, move. That's what Pan's yeah. Labyrinth was about? It's a good mission. <laughs> Fishes, mm-hmm. <laughs> fishes drain. Uh, the, it's the spiritual successor. All right, let's see here. The last one. There's a bunch of silly polls, but they don't really need to be mentioned too much. Other than that, uh, Zendaya is great, and Brie Larson would make a great Samus. Our audience agrees. Um, here's the last big one, and then we'll have crushed all the polls for the week. I can't believe this, guys. I really cannot. I thought for sure we we're gonna be able to call bullshit on IGN's poll. So. 
IGN had a poll that said Halo Infinite edges out Borderlands 3 for most anticipated shooter. And it was basically you could vote for the new Modern Warfare, Gears 5, Wolfenstein, Doom Eternal, and Borderlands 3, or Halo Infinite. Now, the great way about the phrasing of my poll was, if you wanted any of those other games besides Halo, it was basically 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 against 1, right? Because you, if you're excited for any of those games, you'd vote for that side of the option. And I said, the IGN poll says Halo's the most anticipated shooter. And the two options were bullshit or yes, sir, chief. And 52% of the audience said, yes, sir, chief. I can't believe it. I can't believe people are that excited about Halo Infinite. I, I stand corrected. I really do. They're really interested in the plight of this, you know, one transport pilot. The NPC? Yeah. yeah. I, I'm shocked. I, I'm literally shocked. I do so. wonder what happens to Joker. I wonder what's going to happen with him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was a nice. I, I, oh no. Oh Shay. I don't. I. I'm flabbergasted. Quite frankly, I, I'm not. I mean, like nostalgia is a big thing, and you got to remember a lot of the Xbox kicked off with Halo, and that was a lot of our first major gaming experience into that generation of consoles. And so, and our, for a lot of people, for especially console players, that was our first experience into shooters. Granted, there's 007, then there's uh, Counter-Strike for PC, but Halo was the first true, like, shooter that felt good. I mean, GoldenEye was a great game. You go play those mechanics, they're fucking atrocious. But Halo felt good. And throughout the years, people have loved those games. And granted, they have fallen kind of to the wayside in the past, I don't know, it's probably been close to 10 years now. Since I think, I think realistically, we can say since Reach, the Halo games have kind of been downhill. I think that's fair to say. I, 4 was a decent game, but I still think that it wasn't at the level that Reach was. Reach was at the apex, I believe. No, that's you're very wrong. I, I couldn't agree. I, in my opinion, well, let's state there. In my opinion, and others may disagree, and that's fair. I think it's gone downhill, and I think that they're trying to reboot, and they're trying to bring it back to what people love, and I think people want to see it succeed. I think it's kind of the same thing. Jokes aside, if they were to bring another Mass Effect game back, if they were like, "All right, we made a mistake with Andromeda. Let's write the ship." I think people would still play a new Mass Effect game because they would want to see them write the ship. They, you know, the first three Mass Effect games were so good, they'd want to believe that they can fix that and make another good game. And I feel like that's the same thing with Halo. I think it's fair to say that Bungie, granted, I don't, I can't remember if they're doing the new one. I don't know if it's Bungie. Are they doing it? Are they doing the new one? Is it Bungie? No, Bungie left it... to do to make Destiny. Remember. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. Well, I think that, you know, throughout the years, the Halo IP has built some level of goodwill within us, even if it's a new studio. I didn't know if Bungie had taken it back over or not. But I think that we can hope that they're going to, you know, they're going to cash in on some of that goodwill in a positive way, and they're going to make a new game that's worthwhile and worth playing and kind of steer the ship back in the right direction. We'll see, though. We don't know, obviously. And I think the big thing there is faith and hope. So, 
I think that's why. Yeah, the I mean, polls shake that way. Shake that. To that be way. excited about something, my only concern with these these polls are like, we need to know something about the game. We don't know fucking anything about the game yet. I can't be excited for it. I don't know. It sounds promising, I guess, but I know a lot of things about these other shooters that sound cool. With Halo Infinite, I saw Master Chief floating in the space, and an NPC was rambling about something sad and that's all that we know so that's why i'm not on board with this personally but mm-hmm. that could change what are you excited about the name if we're just excited about a name at that point it's just concerning to me especially over doom eternal which looks yeah, well, incredible I mean, especially after halo 5 yeah halo 5 was not great it, it was, it was <sighs> so. worse than not great for me personally yeah. anywho so. anywho uh, the audience has spoken, though, so they have just barely flabbergasted me. Um, that'll do it for the polls this week. A couple more games I want to talk about. By the way, I wanted to mention, if you enjoy what we do, please go to patreon.com slash swordchomp. Um, that is the lifeblood of our community there, and you can be part of a very special VIP Instagram page for just $5 a month. You can also support everything we do, devoting our life to this uh, this passion. I mean, just this week alone, I got some hidden videos up of Bloodstained. Um, we have some clips of Curse of the Moon, our original Sword Chomp logo, some cool clips from E3, uh, Josh's secret ingredients for his chili that disrupted his bowels during the show last week, all that and more. You can find all sorts of secret videos, pictures. It's a perfect compliment for the Chomp cast. So it's patreon.com slash Sword Chomp. Yeah, and if you, if you donate, like, granted, it's a higher tier, but... Um, yeah, we, we do Skype hangouts too with, um, fans at a certain tier as well. So if, if that's something you're interested in coming to do some Skype hangouts and talk one-on-one with us about video games and anything else you guys want to talk about, uh, yeah, drop by. We'd love to have you. Absolutely. $20 for a Skype session. We can meet us. And let me tell you, you want to meet fish in person because pictures just don't do him justice. Um, just put it that way. Well, fish isn't going to drive to your house. I mean, like that, he's not going to do the Skype situation from your house. Let's well, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of sounding like you're saying like fish is going to fly in and be like, Hey, let's do the Skype session. today. It's sad that technology has warped my brain to where I consider a Skype session in person. So Mm. yeah, I blame the world that we live in. By the way, I just got live on the podcast. Rich Meister has challenged us all. Uh, on the Chompcast with switches to Mario Maker levels. We have been challenged by the one and only Richmeister who wants to stream the levels we make for him. He said he's kicking off the Mario Maker rivalry now. I said, you're on, big boy. Hmm. You're on. I made a level today. Well, I, I wish the best of luck to you guys. You know what the cool thing is? I'll say this, my 10-second tangential thing, because this isn't Mario Maker Week, is that now there's, um, you don't have to just make uh, goals where you have to get to the flag. You can set goals like find the five pink coins or whatever and stuff like that. So the level I made today is just all these weird little areas to find the secret coins. And uh, I'm really enjoying that aspect of it. All right. It's fun. It's oh, I want to play it right now. I'll let it slide. I want to play it right now. Right now. Right now! Ah! Ah! Hey, fish, um... You, you can sing that jingle now. 
fish. Oh god. Uh, Josh, you played Outer Wilds a little bit more this week. I checked out some of your stream, not live, but I went back and watched it, and I got to say, that game reminds me of both The Witness and The Mist, and that you basically need to be a rocket scientist to solve those puzzles, so I think that you will be properly equipped to do so. Um, has that game broke your brain yet? Um, yeah, in a few spots, it's gotten, the... Because there is zero hand-holding in the game, like, you you get your ship and you pick where you want to go. Um, like, they, they hint that other explorers from your, uh, from your planet have wandered out into the stars and, you know, are still out there somewhere. So you can go track them down if you want. They even kind of give you hints as you play through the tutorial that, you know, a few of them are fairly nearby, easy to get to, so you should maybe go find these guys. Yeah. Um, they give you that much, but they don't make you do anything. Um, and so you can just go off and explore whatever you want to. And because of that, uh, the order you get information in is going to be completely dependent on um, the way you're feeling to explore. And so sometimes you'll already have information about stuff like that. Um, and sometimes you will uh, just come to a puzzle and not really know what you're supposed to do with it yet. Um, and most most of them are fairly logical, but not always. Some of them just require information from other uh, other parts of the world. Um, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's yeah. fascinating how they're able to <laughs> just. It's more so than, like, a lot of exploration games because you're not just learning, like, little tricks or something like that. You're not getting shortcuts like, oh, this will make something else easier. Uh, you, you do find stuff like that. Like, a lot of a lot of times you'll... Like, one of the best ways to approach a planet as far as just um, story-wise, so I was doing this a lot for the stream, is mm -hmm. to... Uh, look for like smoke or for uh, uh, distress beacons whenever you're landing on a planet because you can find mm -hmm. like you know crashed ships and then go from there see how these uh, like one of the alien races that is no longer there uh, originally crashed into your solar system forever ago and so you'll still find like their ships and stuff like that and you can kind of follow the writing that they left uh, the different, you know, just different, just kind of track them down, kind of see the way they crashed and then built a new life on these planets. Um, and so some of the best ways to explore is to, uh, you can see how these societies just evolved after being stuck on a planet somewhere and how they, you know, kind of came to live in a place, how they built new towns, which are, you know, is new to them, but are ruins to you. Um, yeah. And then from there, you'll kind of get a lay of an entire planet, because these are like uh, Super Mario Galaxy-sized planets a lot of the time. Uh, just like these little worlds that you can almost throw yourself in orbit around. Some of them are small enough that you can just 
while walking around jump real tiny yeah, jump yeah. and put yourself into orbit which is a ton of fun um but you'll you'll just you'll get to a point where you know whole planets and then by the by the end you, you get to the point where you know the entire solar system which is just a crazy feeling like you just oh you, you start fuck. to understand not just not just the locations but like you get it you like you get how the whole thing kind of was built like evolved well, how it evolved to the way. point where yeah. it was um which is a really cool feeling because the 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 main gimmick in the game is that the star explodes and you go back to when you woke up this first day when you're about to about to go into space for the first time mm-hmm. um and so you have the last 22 minutes of life in this solar system to live over and over again and you're trying to find some way to fix it if you can um and in the process of solving that you've so got it's like Majora's Mask is that it is it is and that's it's <laughs> it's really cool because um i mean it's got some of the same problems that Majora's Mask had with if you're trying to do something at a specific time and you miss it you can have to go back and start over um uh-huh. but th- those sort of problems are something you can deal with so it's not you know it's not a major issue but i can see how that would grate on a few people um if you just you know don't want to do that because it's not something where you can take your time you you always feel like there's this urgency because it's the end of the world the the solar system is about to be no more and and not just that you kind of find out as you're you're going on that this this whole thing may be bigger than just you. I mean, why why are you in this loop in the first time in the first place? Like you, you you're given so many questions as you go through the story uh, that you you always feel like the answer is worth all the questions you're given. So yeah, it's it's been fascinating going through it. It seems like a game that. If it's connecting with people, it's really connecting with people. Um, but it's very, it's going to be impenetrable, impenetrable, I think, for a larger audience. Um, yeah. Which is fine. I mean, it doesn't, not everything has to be that. Like, I tried playing it, and I'm not even kidding you, Josh. You can make fun of me if you want. I could not figure out how to fly the goddamn plane. Well, you I know, could yeah, not... no, they don't make it easy. Like, it's, it, I, I mentioned Super Mario Galaxy, and it's, it's got a very, very consistent physics system, like that everything is affected by. Mm-hmm. Like if you're just even out jumping, in the solar system, to, like, jumping is even weird in that game. Mm-hmm. Like you have to like hold the button to jump. Yeah, to like kind of charge stranger. up a jump. Um, yeah, yeah. And well, and they they do that because sometimes you don't always want a full jump. Um, oh, okay. On a few of the small planets, like with gravity <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. I I accidentally killed myself by jumping off of an asteroid. And it was apparently too close to the sun during its orbit, and the sun had a greater pull on me than the asteroid did, and I jumped Damn. right off the asteroid and into the sun <laughs> at one point and just died. I'm like, oh, well, I guess I guess that's the end of this loop. I, I the sun didn't come and get me this time. I just jumped right into it. So, yeah, it's yeah. it's fascinating that way. 
Uh, like it's, the it's, premise it's, like it's uh, I, I can of the game kind of reminds me of it because I I did I mm. I crashed and burned spectacularly my first few couple, well not first few but like my first time in space mm. um, because yeah. there's just stuff that you think are well just standard gamey things um, like accelerating in the ship it's all done basically like an actual spaceship um, you accelerate and your speed keeps getting higher and higher and higher. And if you're not slowing down a long time before you get to where you're going, you're just going to plow into a planet because it takes time to slow down. That's not something you think about in games a lot. Um, and yeah, it's it, it, like the whole game is just a, it's if I had to put it in like in one way, like the game is about learning, like everything you're doing there. You learn how to fly the ship better. It like it gets to the point where you you just know how to fly it. Um, like you don't have to think about it as much. It takes a long time to like get muscle there. Muscle memory. Yeah, yeah it yeah. takes a long time to get there, but you learn how to do it. You have to learn, you know, the layout of these planets. You have to learn the history of these planets. You have to learn, you know, just like what's going on. Like why why are you here? And that's not going to be something everyone's into. Like it really isn't. It's it's like you said. It's it's. I think it's really going to be a hit or miss game, but the story that you're learning, like everything in there is really rewarding. Uh, if you take the time to get into it. So, yeah, it was just overwhelming for me and like mixed with the controls and everything and kind of the strange art style. I was just like, I was just like, I don't know if this is, I just wasn't able to connect with it. And then once I got into space, I crashed immediately because I couldn't mm-hmm. fly. Like I, like, I was just like, I am just so frustrated right now. And I don't know what the hell is going on. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I'm supposed to go, what I'm supposed to do. I don't understand. Yeah. And then I saw you play it on the stream, and you were – I couldn't even I – if, if I had to explain to someone what I was watching, I couldn't mm-hmm. have done it. It was so weird. So I'm like, I don't <laughs> fucking know. <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Weird game. Uh, but people, yeah, people that it's connecting with really seem to be digging it, so. The one thing I wanted to say about the game is it does look interesting. It reminds me kind of like uh, a mixture of, like, the premise, at least premise, uh, like Russian Doll on Netflix and, like, a, a Star Trek Next Generation episode premise. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of that, kind of. It does. It does feel like a situation Picard would have to find his way out of. And, and Data would give a lot yeah. of helpful but unhelpful advice. Yeah. yeah, there are a few episodes like that where they they ended up in these loops and they had to come out of it, especially during the TNG era. There mm-hmm. are a few of those episodes. So, yeah, it's it, I do want to get around to it, and I do plan to get around to it here soon. Yeah. So, yeah, I think this well, would be a big sort of game getting you'd around like. to it. Yeah, maybe I I think Shay would be closer to it for sure. Um. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So. Um, let's see. Oh, time spinner. Shay's gonna rip me a new one if we don't talk about time spinners here. Oh, I will rip you spinners. three new ones. <laughs> oh, we're. I think we're gonna fight about time spinners. Uh-oh. So this should be interesting. Let's get time ready spinner. to fight. Is it? It's uh not related to the fidget spinners or are fidget spinners still a thing anymore? Do kids still remember nah, when that was? No, no, uh... those have come and gone. Yeah, that no, was that fast. was that was that was real fast. They, they weren't for kids. They were like a a stress Idiot. aid for yeah. And, yeah. But then because all of that stuff gets yeah, kids are weird. Kids are fucking weird, man. I just imagine a kid fidget spinning in one hand and then popping their jewel in the other. You mm. know, like it's just kids these days. 
Yep. Um, <laughs> like it's jewels are a huge problem in high schools and stuff now because they're so concealable. Anyways, yes, let's fight about time spinners. Probably, maybe this is a game from last year. <laughs> Um, why the hell are we talking about time spinners? Well, it fits the theme of the show because it's kind of like a castle. Time spinner. <laughs> it's, spinner. It's okay, Shay. He, he said Igarashi wrong the entire show. So, What did I say? Igarashi? Yeah, Igarashi. What is it? Igarashi. Rashi. Oh. Rashi for <sighs> you Americans. God damn it. That's what I get for not having the name up and trying to read it. Mm-hmm. You could have corrected me at the time, Josh. I didn't chat, so it wouldn't be obvious, but you didn't read it. so No, I'm too busy hosting to read. Mm. Um, I was trying not to embarrass you, but (laughs) since it kept going with time spinners here. I don't care being embarrassed. I'm okay with that. I'd rather embarrass me at the time. (laughs) Instead of letting me embarrass myself ten times after that. Uh, That's okay. So, this game is kind of... Shay come on during the edit and every time you say it wrong he'll just say it right in a really horrible <laughs> that, monotone <laughs> just overdub there that would be funny like this. <laughs> Morgan meant to say Igarashi <laughs> uh, popular, yeah. popularly described as Igavania um, there's Metroidvanias Igavanias those fucking Igavanias <laughs> alright anyways so um, time spinner because if I put an S on it he's going to chop my dick off as well it's a Castlevania S game, if you would say, with time uh, manipulation mechanics. It came out last year. Uh, it wasn't like a massive hit, but it was a success. You could say a cult classic, maybe, or a cult hit. Um, most of these indie games nowadays, they only have to sell 100,000, 200,000 copies to be a success. And this sort of fell in that category as well. So, reviewed pretty well. Uh, time Spinner. So this is a flashback. <laughs> if you if you play Time Spinner, why the hell was Shay playing Time Spinner in June of 2019? What the hell is going on? So I saw on Twitter that the uh, that the company who created Time Spinner was saying that they had finally put it on the Switch. So I thought it was a brand new game. I didn't even realize that it was released last year until I already had started playing it. But that's kind of where that interest came from me. And seeing the snapshot of it on Twitter, I was like, man, that's, this game looks beautiful and it looks like a ton of fun. So I hopped in and I, I absolutely loved the game. I, I loved it way more than I thought I would. Like at first, I was not so drawn in. But as I got into the game, I really, really enjoyed it. It was a super fun game. I I already want to play it again. I've already thought about playing it again because <laughs> I enjoyed it that much. But yeah, exact Morgan kind of set up the backstory. Um you're basically a time manipulator and what happens is these people are coming to attack your village and so you go through this kind of time portal um and you go back in time to a place where like a thousand years before and you're basically going to assassinate someone who came and killed your mother. And you're going to stop this empire from taking over kind of thing. So that's kind of the draw there. The story is super, super um, interesting. And it stays interesting throughout the whole story, uh, throughout yeah. the whole game. And the, re- the reason why that is, is because the character building in the game is goddamn good. It's incredible how polished each character is. Each character 
feels very different from the other one. Any character that you encounter in the game and you interact with, they have a very distinct personality. They have a very distinct agenda. And, you know, like, there are characters in there you, you love for very specific reasons, and there are characters you hate in there for very specific reasons. And I think that lack of ambiguity, in my opinion, speaks to how fleshed out these characters are. It was it was incredible to see that. And I know for some people, um, you know, I'm 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 pro this. I'm not necessarily like I don't go into every game looking for this, but there are a lot of situations in there that absolutely catered to the LGBTQ community, which is awesome as well, because I don't think there's enough representation of that in video games. But we're seeing that kind of happen more and more. Uh, in this day and age. And so it was really cool to actually see that in a game, you know, like there are love stories taking place in this game, but it isn't just a typical man and a woman. There's like men, men to men, men relationships, gay relationships, and there are lesbian relationships in the game. And it doesn't feel like it's shoehorned in there to make a statement. It feels very natural. And that again, speaks to the character development in the game. Mm-hmm. How did you feel? How'd you feel about that, Josh? I know, like, obviously, you played it a little further away than I have recently played it. They, they, they tread the line fairly closely there because they have far more uh, LGBT characters than statistically you'd have in a game like that. Um, but they're all written so well that it doesn't even matter. It's not like, oh, this person was just thrown in there. Like you're saying before with the the character writing is so good in this game that you don't feel like, oh, here's here's the gay guy. It's everyone in there has a story that you care about. You care about all the characters as people. They're like none of them are there just to be there, uh, which kind of allows them to put characters in who you know, fit whatever demographic they want because they're all written so well. Um, and I, yeah, like that's, I feel like a lot of people could see that as being preachy or whatever, but there's, the characters are so worth getting to know that it works anyway. Uh, so yeah, that I, 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 I agree with you there on, on, on yeah. that, on that front. So. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's not like they're like character random number 357 just running around in a scene and then you never see him again. Like every character that has some face time in the game pops up multiple times and there's a reason why they're popping up. And mm-hmm. no matter the role, how minor or major, it's a pivotal role in the story. So yeah. that that was one of the, the high points for me in the game is how fleshed out the characters are and how fleshed out the story is. And that actually carries through to the end of the game, which I won't. Yeah. I don't want to talk about spoilers just yet um, of that game. But the one thing I do want to talk about is there are multiple endings to the game. You are given multiple choices on how to end the game. I think you're given four distinct choices, if I remember correctly. And it's not like any of your decisions necessarily influence the choices you're given you're going to get those four choices no matter what. It's just the one choice you do get yeah, is not which like one a morality meter make. or something that you're no, yeah. no, it's just, you're going in and you're deciding how did the end events unfold. And 
Yeah. I, I went through and I did three of the four. Unfortunately, uh, the fourth one, I, I went to a point where I can't go back now. So if no, I want to do that fourth one, yeah. so if I want to do that fourth one, I have to play the game again, which I'm not sad about. I want to play the game again, and <laughs> yeah. I will do it again. But I did three of the four, and I was texting jo- or messaging Josh about this. All of them feel like fully actualized real options, and they feel completely yeah. valid in how they unfold. And they unfold in some similar, there's some similarities in the ways they unfold, but they drastically unfold very differently. And they have hugely different implications for how this world will carry on as a result of those actions. And it's something that you actually care about. You know, some games, when you finish the final fight sequence or whatever, and then they kind of do like that epilogue of they tell you what happens to certain characters or certain situations. I, I'm i not afraid to admit that there are times where I just don't care. I'm just mm-hmm. like, eh, you know, I had my fun. I don't really care what happens in this world after this is done. This is not one yeah. of those worlds. I absolutely cared what happens from here on out. And it makes those choices so much more impactful. And so how you end the game really will influence what the world um, ends up becoming, and all they like I said, they all feel valid. Oh man, okay. Let's see. <laughs> um, I don't want to drop a crap bomb on your face here. All right, so let's start with the good things first. Um, I think the music was in the two hours that I played. I thought the music was really haunting. It was really good. I thought the gameplay was really tight. I really liked the way it controlled. Um, like from like a technical perspective, thought all the, uh, the like I guess it was sort of a sprite. You know, it's supposed to look like a PlayStation game. That's what I got from it. No, uh, I think the um, I think I think to gloss over the gameplay though is definitely a disservice because the the switching of the orbs, the way you well, can. I'm, I'm not I'm not done there. I'm just I was oh, just okay, getting okay, to that good, part. Okay, good. Sorry, um, I apologize. I, I thought that the you, you know technically speaking, I thought it looked. Uh, like a great, a great job, incredible job with that. Yeah, the gameplay is is, is interesting. Like you can st- you manipulate time enough. You can even do it in bosses in interesting ways. To you know, uh, if the boss has you trapped in a corner, I like the, I was fighting this one big eyeball boss, and I froze time, and I was like able to jump down and kind of get around it. So I was like using the time uh, in small ways like that and stuff. Um, so it plays into the gameplay well enough, you know, freezing time is not a revolutionary thing in video games anymore, but it's implemented. Well, I feel like they did a good job. Um, just the feel of the combat and everything I thought felt really good, really tight. Um, like you said, the writing all seemed really, really good. Uh, the premise was interesting. So I know you're thinking like, well, what's the problem, Morgan? All these things sound great. You're saying the writing was good, the music was good, the gameplay was good. I cannot think of a game that had turned me off more with an art direction um, that I thought was unfortunate. Um, The blue lady with the blue orbs, all the enemy types. um, I think the art itself is incredible, but if, if you're listening to this right now, just Google Time Spinner and... It's one of the most horrifically bland games I've ever seen in my entire life. And and I will never touch it again for that reason. But I think that there's a lot of incredible things about it, so it's too bad. I can't believe you guys are being so nice to this game as far as, like, how bland it looks. Like, 
that was the reason I never picked it up, and that's the reason I'll never pick it up again. Because it is personal. It is so blah. It's like having Van Gogh paint a piece of grass. It's just, I think, a huge mistake. Um, but that's just because it didn't gel with my personal sensibilities for art direction. And that's that's a big thing for me. Like, if it didn't bother you guys that much, which it didn't, then that's cool. I just, for me, like, the art for a game is such a huge thing. That's why I'm there. That's part of the world. It's part of the characters. Did not connect with me at all. But uh, I thought everything about the game itself was actually really, really well done. So, um, it's a bummer. I was frustrated. I wanted to play it more. I actually liked the gameplay. I liked the music. I liked the story. Just... I couldn't even take the story seriously coming out of those characters' faces. It was The girl fights with orbs, too, which I thought was the silliest, goofiest thing I've ever seen. Does that change, though? Does she eventually get, like, swords and stuff like that? Or? No, yeah. you get different yeah, orbs. One of, like, you get yeah. a variety yeah. of them. Like, yes, like, they tr- Shay was saying, yes, one of them is, like, a sword, essentially. Like, the orb will kind of transform into, a, like, a blade. And you can it swipe looks like with a those. blade. Yeah, like, that, that. one of the neat things about that is you have... You have two orbs at a time, but they're all bound to the same button, so you can, like, change up your attack style by having, like, different types equipped. Mm-hmm. Like, if you want something that's going to, like, slash in front of you, if you have one of the swords equipped, or it's going to, like, freeze enemies or something, you can kind of mix and match. Um, yeah. Which will, yeah, let you, yeah. look, will let you tune the combat to how you want to play, which is, which is good. But I, I do kind of agree with you with the whole... I don't remember many of the enemies because I played it whenever. Like this, this is one of the games I backed actually uh, on Kickstarter, um, just because like I I love Metroidvanias and it it does it looks good. It looks really good, but it doesn't look unique. Unfortunately, a lot I don't remember many of the enemies. Like I remember the main character. I remember a lot of the the main character. Like a lot of the you know like not main characters, but. Uh, central characters but yes enemies don't stand out really at all in this game Bosses. it's not something yeah like the yeah. A, a lot of the gameplay itself is gonna get forgotten but the story is so good that it's stuck with me since i played it um it's it's minor spoiler here but also it's something you kind of learn in the first couple minutes the the time travel hook in this game the way they kind of go about solving all the problems that time travel brings to a story is that whenever you go back in time, you're erased from time. Um, so you, yeah, you no longer exist. And they, they kind of introduce you to that by having, you know, one of the other guys in town was some old guy who had to, had to go back in time in order to save the tribe before. Uh, and the way they handle that is if, because they know whenever you go back in time that you're erased from it, whoever you interacted with in your original timeline, like if you were family with them or something, they just accept you into their family, whether or not they have any history with you or not, which leads to these weird, strange relationships. Uh, And so like this other hero who came back in time to save the village before has a really awkward marriage and, you know, a kid who doesn't like him because he just showed up in their life. Um, and that that is kind of the framing device. That's like the first thing you learn about the time travel in this world is that you going back into time to save everyone is a sacrifice. Uh, and 
going back into time isn't just going to magically fix all your problems. Like they're that does kind of suck though that they it erases it though in a way right because the idea of like going back in time but you're yeah well like, I mean no it solves all the time you. travel paradoxes like well if <sighs> you did this and then well you wouldn't be able to go back and do that because you fixed it so you wouldn't know about it it's it's supposed to solve basically all the paradoxes if by going back in time you're just immediately erased from the timeline that you're going into. Um, yeah. Right. It kind well, of to deal with the, is, yeah. It yeah. has to deal with the time paradox that Star Trek is kind of one of the yeah. one of the media pieces that kind of first formulated that thing. But the time paradox of if you alter something in the past, it'll forever change the trajectory of the present. So, like, if you're going in the past, altering something, you have a greater possibility of rendering yeah. yourself to the point of non-existence in yeah. a present in the present. So. If you go back and kill Hitler, why would you know to kill Hitler? Because he's just some guy that died in, you know, the I... distant past. So it's like right. it, it immediately kind of it. So it, right. it, it solves that, um, but it solves it in a way that right. is interesting. It's not just like kind of hand wavy, like oh yeah, it works out in the end. Like it 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 kind of introduces these consequences to you and makes you think about what you're going back to do, uh, which like Shay was saying, kind of gives all the endings validity. You, you feel like I no longer exist in this world. I'm here to do a thing. You can change your mind about that thing. Like, how do I want to solve this problem? Like it's no longer going to affect me. It like it's, it's, it's a really unique sort of feeling. Um, well, that's good because yeah. I normally time travel shit in video games is just awful. Yeah, and in in fiction in general, time I think time travel is the stupidest fucking shit, mm-hmm. and so I think it's generally it's my least favorite kind of writing. But it sounds like they do a good job. With yeah, it. like they're able to do something interesting with it, which is probably my favorite thing about the game is how they're like this. This is basically the only time travel story that has made me remotely engaged since mm-hmm. Life is Strange. Even Bioshock Infinite's time parallel thing was kind of goofy. Yeah, and... it ended up it ended up like it it had some really and... cool ideas in the middle there and then it just went off the rails by the by yeah. the end. But yeah, like and just... it was interesting, but like as it was happening you were like, oh mm-hmm. well, I think I think it's a problem with doing anything related with uh time is uh, inherently and I don't mean to get all uh, it wouldn't be phil- philosophical, but uh, what is what is the word? <laughs> well, what is the be? word? Uh, me- metaphysical? Uh, metaphysical would probably be the right word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that basically, because of our limited understanding of time and our limited perception of it, and that's how it's always going to be. That whenever we as humans try to write about it, we're trying to write about a concept that is beyond our complete perspective of understanding we're trying to write beyond that perspective without having actually experienced that perspective so most often more often than not it's going to come across as weird like we're trying to open our minds to the fact that time isn't linear time isn't circular time is just this this chaotic Mm -hmm. or maybe it's more maybe it's more order driven we don't know because we can't perceive it like it 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 exists mm-hmm. but we're trying to write as if 
we can understand that perspective. Yeah, and I think that's yeah, more yeah. often than not where the, the, the disconnect happens. So you look at something like Bioshock Infinite. It's intriguing because it's playing with time in a way that we can't actually perceive it to be. But they're writing it from the perspective of trying to understand that without actually ever being able to understand that. And unfortunately, <laughs> you know... Yeah missteps yeah. happen as a result well, but i think, think about with this, this game oh, Wait, let me just say this one thing that's a good point that's i agree and i would say all, all i was going to say to what you were saying shay is i agree with that i think that oftentimes time travel is used as a way for writers to just do whatever they want like oh yeah. how do we we can do whatever we want if we just say this happened in an alternate dimension mm-hmm. time travel solved our problems and that's i think what, that happens a lot. yeah i think that does happen a lot i i think i and i'm not shitting on any of this because I actually enjoy it, but I think comic books are a huge purveyor of that. Sometimes mm-hmm. they just like, they're like, oh, it'd be fun if we could uh, mash Spider-Man up with Wolverine uh, in a crossover. Mm-hmm. Let's do an alternate universe. Bam. Just because. Yeah. 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 Just because. And I think, I think that's not necessarily a bad thing because if you were to try and like put some science to it, then it's going to end up being the case like Bioshock Infinite, yeah. where yes. well, it becomes unbelievable yeah. or convoluted. I think the pitfall is when you try to explain it in those situations, because yes. that You're was, it wasn't that the doesn't, point. Doesn't... Like, it wasn't the point to begin <laughs> yeah. with. And so you end up with, like, the whole extended universe nonsense trying to piece this whole thing together. Type, and it's like, no, it doesn't right. make sense. Don't try and like, explain no, 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 it. Like, no, 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 yeah. no, no. Like, the only thing that has done it well at all has been Into the Spider-Verse. And the whole point has been that that it is a mess. And that's the point. Yes, they, yes. They put that front and center. They have different art styles for all the characters in it because uh-huh. it doesn't it's make silly. sense. And that's yeah. what's so cool about well, it. Well, same with, uh, I can't believe I'm going to say this, Mortal Kombat 11 mm-hmm. did a great job with time travel because they acknowledged that it was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it's stupid. Exactly. You know? It's and, and, and they so they, they focus it, on the character yeah. writing because of that. And so yeah, you get yeah, yeah. really, really cool stuff based on these interactions, uh, which is, for the that's the interesting yeah. thing going on. So Yes, yes. It's, and they have fun with it. Yeah. And yeah. to bring it back around to this game, I think that's to their benefit. You know, they try and set up how, at the most basic sense, how time travel happens in this world and why it's a mechanic, why it's used. Mm-hmm. But they don't go into the deeper scientific underpinnings yeah. of that. And, you know, they kind of give you the basic, get... this is the consequences is what... thing. Right, right, yeah. right, right. They give you the stuff right. that's the... narratively important. And that's what that's what a majority of players or viewers really care about. You know, there are some people out there that care about the scientific under, underpinnings. And there are always going to be those... Not necessarily trolls, but those people who are going to be like, well, you know, I can't suspend my disbelief for this because they're more scientifically geared. They're more physics driven. And that's fine. Those ca- that caters to a very specific crowd. But a majority of people, I think, care about just why is time travel applicable in this world? Is it even does it have a modicum of believability? If it does, I'll mm-hmm. be able to suspend my disbelief. I think that's the general population. So yeah, in that I, sense, yeah, it's, it's yeah. handled greatly in this game. It really is. Uh, that's and, good to hear. Yeah. It's good to hear. And actually, I didn't get to comment on this, and I wanted to comment because I want to be, you know, as transparent as I can. I agree with you guys. Most of the monsters and bosses in this game are pretty fucking forgettable. They are. Uh, you know, they're, 
I think the I think the bird enemies are called Cheevers, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And there's a giant Cheever you have to fight, which <laughs> yeah, that one was memorable. And the only other really memorable enemies yeah. are the sirens, um, which are these like these like half octopus, half human mermaid things. Yeah, and and the end bosses that you fight in this final temple. Well, yeah, well because like, they're, these two they're set up narratively. Yeah, right, right. There's these bosses that you fight that they're fucking cool. They're some of the coolest bosses I've actually fought this year. But you have to wait until the very end of the game to fight them. So you fight yeah. Ifrit, and you fight this other, uh, this other boss. That's I'm forgetting the name. It's like Shadow something or something Shadow, but like it's basically this boss that's made up of like hundreds of crows. It's they're really badass boss fights. Mm-hmm. Fights. But you have to wait until the very end of the game to get to them. And I felt like it was a shame because a lot of the bosses and monsters are fairly forgettable in this game. I will admit that. I, I think that's probably the weakest part of the game. But, I I mean, everything else is so good. Like, like you guys were describing with the orbs. Like, you have three different, like, like three different, I would call them, like, hotkeys, maybe? Like, where you swap between three different things and you equip... You equip orbs to each one. So, like, Roman numeral one, you equip two orbs, you equip an ability, and you, you equip a passive. And then you can swap between them with, if you're playing on a controller, a left bumper super easily. So, mm-hmm. like, you get these specific orb, these specific orbs, like you have a gun orb. So I, I can do really long range um for my first... Gun orb. Yeah. <laughs> I just love the sound of the gun orb. Yeah, it's kind of oh. silly. The second one, you can have, like, a melee weapon that does insane damage. And mm-hmm. the third one, you can have, like, an like this, it's like a lightning orb, essentially. I think it's yeah. called the energy orb. And that one kind of, like, hones in on the enemies. So you can swap between these three super easily. And you can kind of, kind of what I was talking about with uh, Curse of the Moon, coincidentally enough, that you can, you can optimize the what how you approach the situation by swapping between those so easily and it felt very fluid yeah. and it kept me it kept me in the battle far more than it kept me in the menus trying to swap between different orbs for a situation like a skyrim you know like where you have a weapon and it's yeah. whittled down so you have to go and you like in the middle of a fucking battle you have to go into your inventory and then you have to either repair the item or swap it out in the middle of a battle which takes you out of the experience yeah or in this game you can swap between your orbs super easily and you're staying in that fight far more often than you're spending in the menus and i think mm-hmm. that was a br- i think that was a brilliant design uh by the creators of this game and same with curse of the moon as well uh mm-hmm. to keep you the a game when a game can keep you in the battle fighting but give you that customizability without having to spend time in your screens mid-battle to swap around weapons, to swap around abilities. That's a really good thing that I think a lot of gamers, myself included, sometimes take for granted. It's like something I didn't I didn't really think about until this week, actually, weirdly enough, is like being able to keep myself in a battle as I'm able to swap abilities and uh, weapons around to suit myself in the battle. It's not something I've really thought about until I been playing a lot of game like the that style these style of games this week it's something that i feel like is super underappreciated in gaming 
Hmm. Okay. Cool. Well, I'm glad. I was just kind of joking with you guys. I mean, I don't. I didn't actually think we were going to fight about it. <laughs> um, uh, okay. No, well, not I, at all. I actually your criticism. Your criticisms. I I, I see have merit. Yeah. Um, I I think they do. But I I, I would. It just made I would me venture realize to say that, like. I would venture to say that anyone who's interested, check out like what I did before I even started playing this. I went and watched like the first five minutes of the introduction of the game, and I wa- and watched like a minute of someone fighting some enemies in the game. And for me, I was able to gauge whether or not I'd be interested in the game, and that was all I needed. And there are going to people be people like Morgan who, you know, say that the art direction isn't is a a generic bland uh art form and basically they don't want to play it and that's fair. I think that's understandable and I think that's fair. And then they're going to people I think be people kind of in Josh's and my camp where I think that they um they see that there's this integrative and beautiful story and they're able to kind of look over the duller points like a not a great bestiary or a beautiful uh inspiring art yeah yeah you guys are more forgiving in that regard like i never realized how much until these past weeks like if the art for a game turns me off everything else can be on fire and it's not going to be enough for me which is crazy to say that because you'd think the gameplay is king but we 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 could have told you that a while ago yeah, I think as, so. As much as you've completely lost your mind over your one X, oh, I think it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, that's the thing. I need an art style won't be enough to keep me engaged in a game, but a bad art style will be enough. It can to stop push you me from playing from it in the first place, and I, I get yeah. that. Like if you if you don't yeah. think there's a reason to stick around, you won't stick around. So well, it's part of the world. Yeah. Like when I look at the world and those characters, I'm just not. My imagination isn't engaged, and that's all I'll say about it. But yeah. that's fair. I think it's a, a big part of the whole forgiving. world building. I think yes. it's a big part of the world building, and I think if, for us, maybe we're the story or the character development is what drives the the world along for Josh and me. Whereas a little yeah. bit more, but the art direction is more what drives you. And yeah. I, I completely well, that, that's appreciate another thing, art though, direction. That, like, like I thought, gravity. No, oh, go ahead. Well, like the animations are great, like really great in this game as well. Like everything gives you this whole feeling of like of it being just a real world. Um, animations, like even even the the enemies that weren't all that memorable, have more frames than most games are going to give them. Like there's more personality to them as far as making you feel like this is just a, an actual world that you're in, but you just don't really care about them anyway because it's well it's. It's a real thing, but I'm I'm fighting a chicken. Uh, yeah. Okay, so I mean, I got to the point yeah. where I was just laughing, but yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, and look, like I said, we got to move on for the sake of time. But I'm I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. I think that if you, I think maybe that's what kept that game from really taking off because the game is so damn good. But I think maybe the the art style because people like me probably looked at the art style before they went to purchase it, and they're like, yeah. I don't know, but I Josh had it for free on his Steam library, so that's why I tried it. I wanted to be able to talk about it with you guys, and and I'm glad I did. But like after two hours, I'm like, no, I can't do this. Um, yeah. One thing I will say for you, Morgan, is you should watch the the end boss fights of Ifrit and the 
the shadow creature. I can't remember the name. The crow. You should, those the crow. boss fights are... <laughs> the crow boss, yeah. yeah. You should watch... Those are really cool boss fights. Just watch them. You don't have to play them. Yeah. Just watch them. But other than that, yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I only played two hours, so I'm not condemning the damn thing. Yeah. Glad you guys enjoyed it. Uh, time Spinner. Better late than never. We went back in time to talk about Time <laughs> mm-hmm. Spinner in the future. Um, so this is going to be fun, okay? So this is the topic of the week before we get to our sketch and end the show here. And we had a, a handful of people leave some really great comments. So I've picked some of my favorites, and I think this is the funnest way to do it. I'm going to start, and it's going to go me, fish. No, let's go me, Josh, Shay, fish, okay? Me, Josh, Shay, fish. Um, and 10 seconds to answer. Ten seconds to think about it if you need it. Mm. Okay. Um, and I want to kind of go. What's well, at the top of your head? And the idea is to just sort of give people a fun way to get to know us because there's some really funny questions in here. All right, the Rich Meister said, "Why do fools fall in love?" Uh, because we don't want to die alone. Josh. Uh, because I can't help falling in love with you. Shay, um, because I love the Foo Fighters, and you can't spell fool without foo. Oh, fish! Because uh, nobody wants to be alone, I guess. Well, you stole my answer. Thank mm. you. Yeah, <laughs> fish is like damn it. Same. That was the first thing I thought. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Hey. And, but when Fish said it, he started We're working on our bit, improv so. skills right now. Yeah, we'll get better as we go along. Improv, that's okay. Uh, I should let Fish go first so I don't steal his answers, or he doesn't steal my answers. Fish, <laughs> Mr. Hicks said, if you could only have one system... No, I'm just kidding. I'll go first. I'm not going to switch it up on you. Um, Mr. Hicks said, if you could have one system, past or present, what would it be? For me, that's the Sony PlayStation. Live and die, motherfucker. Josh. I mean, Windows... 10 is the easiest answer there because that lets you play basically everything that's cheap going back <laughs> for the last 30 years so right. yeah. josh is trying to outsmart the question yeah. shay <laughs> this is fucking hard it's between the ps1 and the genesis um you know i'm probably gonna go ps1, PS1 and the genesis as well it's the ps2 motherfucker like if i'm not no, cheating it's the ps2 no, like no, that's got the no. most games on it the well, if you don't, if you don't the count best. the fact that you, if you don't count the fact that you can't, uh, if you count the fact that you can play PS One games on the PS Two, yes. But if you don't count that fact, you just base it off the mm. games for each system. PS One is the best. That is system. smart. That's just smart. If you want to break the question like that, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. PS Two would be, at which or point you would do PS3 like the first generation they, of before the PS3. they killed backwards compatibility. Yes. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. When they have the George Foreman grill, that would really be yep. the. <laughs> But if you're basing it just off the games per the it's console, it's still PS2 the PS2. though. It's nah. close. They're close. No, they're close. But PS1, I think overall, Josh, yeah, that's we're fine going way you... longer than ten seconds. I Josh? just think they had more creative IPs on the PS1. Josh changes answer from Windows mm. 10 to PlayStation 2. <laughs> gotcha. Possibly. <laughs> you don't get uh, any of the Eco or Shadow of the Colossus on PS1. You don't get Katamari Damacy. Mm, I could live without those. Final Fantasy get, and Metal Gear Solid, Bandicoot, baby. You don't get you Spyro get, the Dragon. You get, Final, you, you get Final Fantasy X, which is yeah. it's true, still good. But Final Fantasy VII and, 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 and 9 are 10, though. Solid 2 and 3. I uh, 3 sucks. 
two. Three all is the, way. the best in the series. Oh, you're on drugs. Well, one we is the best. We do get Grandia series, two on the PS two. Yeah. Grandia two is God, a guys, super guys, this is out of control. You guys, this is out of control. <laughs> Fish, give me your answer. Uh, Xbox three sixty. What? You know, I didn't think we'd have any wrong answers today, but it turns out. No, no, the 360 I mean, is a good one. They, they had a ton of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the Mass console. Effect games. You had a ton of indie games yeah. come out for that system. Fish well. didn't even Brain play the Mass yep. Effect games. He didn't finish two or three. Mm. I played the first one. You're ruining your own case here, Fish. Uh, what? What's the one game? 360. <laughs> what's the one game you thought of when you said 360? Um, Mass Effect and Bioshock. Okay. Bioshock, Bioshock is, a good is call. on. Okay. All right. That also. Space. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to question Point, Fish's points choices. in my Windows That's 10. This is a good call. 360 <laughs> is a great call. Yeah, it is. Just I sounds gross saying it though, doesn't it? Uh. <laughs> 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 Daniel OFDC. This is why we learn about each other. This is good. Daniel OFDC said, "What do you think, Gooey G? Daniel of DC." <sighs> Daniel right. O.F. Really? <laughs> really? I'm, I'm used to reading people's screen names. Give me a break. Uh, Daniel's a good friend of mine. You've read so many do. screen names, you forgot the word of. Sorry, Daniel. I ruined it. <laughs> uh, O.F. <laughs> what word can I make with O.F.? Uh, what does that possibly stand for? It's like for? my junior high school O-F? students trying to learn English. O.F. <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna kill you guys. Alright. <laughs> Gooigi tastes like uh, Gak. Gak? Josh. Hmm. Remember Gak? I think he's yes. green apple, but like a green apple that's a little too tart to actually be enjoyable. Ugh, just slightly. Works. Just slightly. Like he's borderline. There's enough there's enough sweetness there to almost make it good enough, but no, it's a little too bitter still. Shame. Mm. I think he tastes like a gelatin version of Surge. Mm. Mm. That actually sounds good. Fish? Um, Mid- Midori, I guess. <laughs> uh, okay. Wow. I want, a jello, I want a jello shot of Surge. Four different now. answers there. <laughs> uh, shit Ain't Real said Borderlands 3 high PA or nay opinions on Pitchford's turbulent year. Uh, I mean, I try not to get too much into what happens to people in the public, even though I know it was really embarrassing for him. I'll just say Borderlands 3 for me. Uh, I'm curious, but not excited. Josh? I'm borderline excited. Like, uh, I wasn't a big fan of 2, but I like the series enough that I'm, 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 I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be playing it anyway. I, I, I'm ex- I'm excited-ish. I'm going to play it, too. That's why I say I'm curious, but I don't know if I'd say I'm excited. Um, fit Shay. If we play it together, yay. Uh, if hmm. we don't play it together, nay. Fish. I'm excited. Motherfucker's excited. Uh, let's see. He said, additionally, how do you think this affects Gearbox as a whole? And is Borderlands 3 their Hail Mary? Yes, I think that if Borderlands 3 will f- succeed, I do not think this game will fail and they'll be fine. Josh? Mm, I don't know about Hail Mary, but I mean, yeah, it does seem like they lost a decent amount of excitement with 
two and with you know kind of everything they've ever done since (laughs) yeah like one one was such a big deal with enough minor problems that it seemed like they had a clear path forward and they didn't take it that three three's got to be going back and taking that correct path so i I wouldn't really call it a hail mary but i i I guess you could frame it that way so jay um I don't really have much of an opinion about them on the whole, as I've never really played many of their games. I played the first Borderlands, and that's pretty much the only game. I know I haven't played any of the Half-Lifes. I know that's heresy. Uh, so I don't really have a an, a an opinion about them one way or the other. I'm pretty ambivalent about them. A strong opinion. Yeah. What about you, Fish? Um. Yeah, I've only played the first and second borderlands and a little bit of the pre-sequel and yeah they 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 seem to be like dwindling as far as like my excitement for the products that they came out with Uh, like the pre-sequel i just couldn't get into it's just horrible um and i feel like three they're trying to make up they understand what they they've done as far as like you know coming out with all these other different games that um just didn't you know go off too well so yeah i feel i feel like they're gonna return back to the roots of you know um making good with the fans with um borderlands 3 so yeah the idea of a hail mary yeah it does sound like a hail mary to me it's an interesting way that he phrased it because a hail mary is a very dangerous play in football kind of an all or nothing but i feel like borderlands 3 is pretty safe it'll sell millions i think people will like it it might not like the world on fire but i still think it's a pretty safe bet yeah that's, that's kind of what i was getting like it's it's a safe bet it's continuing their franchise but i feel like it has to do things well otherwise people aren't really going to keep giving them the benefit of the doubt moving forward so yeah yeah i agree all right uh messi villani said your favorite comfort foods best movies ever oh there's too complicated so let's just that's too complicated let's go with um comfort foods because movies is way too in, you know, we'd go crazy off that for 20 minutes. Um, yeah. As you guys know, if I don't have my Dr. Pepper 10, I am unhappy. Um, I also enjoy my brown sugar cinnamon Pop-Tarts. So I'll give you that as my comfort food answer. Josh. I'm sorry. I was distracted there. I heard comfort. Dr. Pepper 10, and I just stroked out a little bit there. It's like I had to, had to uh, protect my own <laughs> psyche. From the thought of a human being ingesting that. Uh, comfort food, Josh. Comfort, comfort food, food is... Mm. Probably sushi. Like, good sushi. I can always sit down and just... If I if I had to narrow it down beyond that, like, a really good eel sushi. Um, is yeah just, raw just some of the fish best. no eel is not raw you have to no, cook no i'm just saying sushi yeah you have to cook eel that's okay thank god yeah there's strange cat josh actually, okay that's a, good a lot a lot of sushi is actually yeah. cooked yeah. like uh really? if you go to any like modern like or not more americanized sushi bars i would say here in america mm-hmm. um 
like a lot of their stuff they either fry the usually the fish that they put in there is smoked so a lot of it is actually cooked morgan so oh, okay yeah. That's yeah. yeah basically anything that is a bottom feeder or could possibly do like any filtering like eel they live in mud an awful lot um especially like eel is always freshwater eel because you you don't catch the babies so you have to wait for them to grow up so it's freshwater so those are always cooked uh stuff like squid and octopus that are going to be eating just whatever they can get a hold of as well those are cooked as well so so dr pepper 10 is gross but you're eating a creature that lives in mud mm-hmm. that shows you how Zambo! bad dr Pem, how, <laughs> how bad dr pepper 10 is yeah, is really what twister. that's what's showing there uh shay Yes, uh, I would either eat ice cream as my comfort food, or pizza. Oh God, gotta love pizza. Fish. Uh, any Asian dish, I would say. Josh mm. kind of like narrowed it down to sushi, but I just want to broaden that out too. Oh, you know what? To- a good bowl of fish would, would be amazing. Also, eat some too. pussy. A good yeah. Asian dish. <laughs> Asian pussy, comfort food. Mm. No wonder fish is so miserable. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been getting my comfort food in. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, okay, that makes sense, yeah. fish. Yeah. You, you should have said Panda Express. Oh, I, know I could go with thinking. that, too. Like a, a nice, massive bowl of pho would be just amazing. <laughs> You know what's funny? I've, I've, I've actually been eating Asian Panda pussy. Express. <laughs> Have you been eating Panda Express lately? There you go. Yeah. And that's why you got so sick last week, man. That shit tears your gut up. No, it wasn't from that. It was actually barbecue. It really Ooh. doesn't. Yeah. Tears my stomach up. All right. Hurricane Colt said, Drega, uh, Drega. Jesus, fuck, it's a long show. Dreamcast Classic or Sega Saturn Classic? This is easy. It's obviously the Dreamcast. No one cares about the Sega Saturn. Josh, go. Hmm. Like, literally anything else, I guess? Like... Did they uh, release any games on those two Josh, systems? Josh hates Sega. We should point that out. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I don't think they released any games on them. I mean, I heard that, I heard that the hardware they itself was Semen. good, but uh, they, I don't think they ever released any games. They released Sen- Shenmue and Seaman. So mm. there you go. Um, true story. I mowed lawns for three months to save up for a clearance Dreamcast. Changed my life for about three months until I got a PS2. Shay! <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a strong affinity either way. I played a few okay. games on both, but if I had the choice between one, I'd probably take the Dreamcast. Hmm. Okay. Fish? Never owned either of those systems or played any video games for those systems. Right. So. I, I've got a related question. Do you think if they released a Dreamcast mini-type machine, do you think that they'd put the uh, controller cable on the right side of the controller this time? Where was it before? Was it, was it in the middle? He was facing you. The controller connected oh, to the cable facing oh, you. Oh, that's right. Get I the fuck out of here. That. Are you yeah. serious? Yeah, that's the controller cable came out of the controller facing you. Mm-hmm. You, you think they'd fix that if they went back and made it again? I'm going to Google that. I yeah. hope not because I want the trash to be brought back. <laughs> 
to be fair, Sega Saturn Classic would be cool because you wouldn't know any of the games on it. You'd be like, oh, this is cool. I've never heard of any of these games. Great. Yeah. Um, that's why it'll never happen. Oh, this is a good one. The Natural 87 said, is it true if you don't use it, you lose it? The answer is yes. Josh? Yes. I mean, it depends okay. what it is. Your life savings, <laughs> you don't want to use it. I, I. Other than that, though, yeah, you, you go ahead and use it. <laughs> uh, Shay? Yeah, I stuck with Josh's answer. Uh, for the most part, yes. However, there are certain things that you don't lose it, you get to keep it. Like, uh, you never lose... Uh, no, that doesn't work. I was going to say something about virginity. Virginity uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. just doesn't st- work that way. Yeah, yeah. No, it doesn't. Yeah, I'll stick with Josh's answer. <laughs> it's, it's, well, it's specifically the opposite. Well, I wanted to true. say uh, to the Natural 87, we actually have somebody testing this out right now. Fish, can you answer us? Have you lost it? No. All right, that's good news. Yeah. yeah. Get back with me in about a year, though. Well, I don't know, Fish. You seem a little more solid than... Have you lost it? That it factor? That thing that makes you... (laughs) Oh, boy, yeah. (laughs) He's got to set out a few more thirst traps. Mm. I thought of a good... Oh, that'd be a great Instagram handle for you, Fish. Thirst Trap 69. Uh, Shay can take half credit for that. Or maybe just thirst trap. I bet nobody has that. Thirst uh, trapping. You, you thirst trapping. Thirst trapping. Thirst trapping. Thirst trapping. Uh, BC Paddock said, "Oh, this is easy. Stone Cold or The Rock? It's definitely The Rock. He had charisma. All the people that were into Stone Cold, they were weirdos. Uh, let's just leave it at that. Josh, it's got to be The Rock. Yeah." As far as the wrestling career is going, like Stone Cold, there's there's a competition there. But as far as as a whole, it's The Rock by by a mile there. Yeah, once Stone Cold wasn't smashing beers and mumbling nonsense, he wasn't really much good to society anymore. Hmm. Entertainment-wise, it's not like we sent him off to die. Shay! You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Stone Cold. You, you, you guys almost persuaded me, but I'm staying with Stone Cold because he's like he's mm. the everyday man's wrestler. Like he was the guy with the beer gut, smashing beers and kicking ass. The Rock is like the the pinnacle because that, that dude's fucking ripped. He's got charisma. He's a good looking dude. Stone Cold, he's just your average guy kicking ass. So I mean, he was until we kind of you know let him go out on out on the ice, and we haven't yeah, seen him I since. I had, to, <laughs> I had to break it to you, Shay, but the neighbors I had that were just like Stone Cold were not the kind of people you'd want to associate with. So, <laughs> Breaking well, glass and cra- crushing beers. To be fair, Morgan, you you also lived in that neighborhood. What does that say yeah. about you? Hmm. Hey, now. The only people that you knew that would crush beer bottles on their foreheads. <laughs> uh, fish. The, the the part about the story Morgan neglected to tell you is he actually rented out the apartment right next door, so he was the neighbors he spoke of. Uh, I would tattoo the rock on my back if I could. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but Fish. you can. I mean, By I heading can. over to the Patreon and donating some money to our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> the $666 tier. Uh, Fish. You don't want to tattoo them on your back, though. Just go ahead and get them right there, right on your abs. I enjoy I, this. I, bit. I go rock. Okay, hmm. good man. Um, 
Because if you don't, he's always... You're going to smell what Morgan's cooking. <laughs> uh, last couple... Spoiler alert, that... it's just a Pop-Tart. <laughs> We're down to our last... <laughs> Overheated in hey, the microwave. Hey, 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 <laughs> he doesn't hey, have a toaster. Hey! Hey! True story. I do not toast my Pop-Tarts. I'm not a monster. What? I, no, you eat them right out of the wrapper. No, nobody, you don't. You toast nobody them. Nobody toasts. Nobody does that, Josh. Nobody. You give, toast, you, you give untoasted Pop-Tarts to your children because they don't yes. know any better. They're they're okay toasted, but they're much better. You don't toast them like a lot. You toast them on like the one, and then you get them just a little bit warm, and then it's a little bit easier to chew, and it's a little bit more mm. gooey. Especially God. like if you I'm get the that everybody pop-tarts. You know, so the bread is actually cooked instead of the paste that they ship them as. I like it doughy. <laughs> <laughs> Morgan likes his pop tarts. Oh, well, the opposite of how he likes his fish. It's it's, it's the, pizza. Anything I cook, I leave it doughy, and my wife gets really mad at me. But pop, come on, I'm, this is gonna be a poll now. You guys got me all heated about this. I but like I've learned it doughy. from yeah. I've learned from our three answers that we all cook food in very different weird ways. <laughs> Josh is over here like toast it. Shay's just like get it a little bit warm. Fish is like, uh, I can go either way. Honestly, I enjoy it toasted or straight out of the package. So, okay, straight out the sleeve. Fish isn't gonna complain. You know, he'll take whatever he's gonna, you're gonna give him, and he'll make it great. Shower oh. sex, pop tarts, yeah. you name it. Shower sex, car sex, bedroom sex. Just give me sex. <laughs> Before I lose it, Spilly Cave uh, said, "If you could revive one canceled game, what would it be?" Oh God, off the top of my head, there's too many. Oh, PT, Silent Hills, PT. That's the easiest answer in the history of mankind. Josh. Ooh. I had an answer, but I think you may have swayed me with PT. PT was. Like, probably the best demo that was ever a demo. Mm-hmm. Um, mm, is it PT? Is it PT? Five, four, three, three. Hold, give me two, two, two seconds. Go on, go on to the next okay. one. Actually, I need to log in here real quick. Josh is cheating. Uh, Shay. He is cheating. This is Im- not improv, Josh. Now, I can't remember the name. I think it was called. This isn't very cash money of you. <laughs> if you can't remember Cash Money, no, no, Josh, I can't you can't the exact name of it because it had like a couple. It, had, it only had a working title. They didn't have a finalized name oh, for it. Okay, I can't remember okay. the. Anyway, it was one of the projects okay. I backed. I actually kickstarted it, but it didn't get enough money. So okay. well, that's a, fair. Uh, that's Project Rap Rabbit was the final title before it was ca- <laughs> canceled. No, no, it was by the guys who made Parappa the Rapper. They were, okay. they were trying to make a new oh, rhythm game, okay. um, which sounded awesome. And I couldn't remember the working title of it because it was just a working title, so I didn't put any, you know. Anyway. I didn't take you for a Parappa the Rapper guy. Yeah, yeah, it was Project Rap Rabbit. Rap Rabbit didn't didn't meet their goals there. And so I would have liked to seen what they do these days. So you're saying Will Smith pops out of your bedroom Spoiler and says, I'll alert, you... it involves a rabbit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it gives you two wishes and you're going to pay... Okay, that's a good answer. It's very Joshy. Uh, Shay, did you... Since you said PT, which I do agree with, I'm actually going to go with a different one. I'm going to go with Scalebound. I wish they had 
actualize that and finalize that. Okay. Yeah, I remember scale bound. Fish? Yeah. Hmm. Can't really think of any other than PT. PT it is! Yeah. Alright. Last two. The last Arcadian said, how do you want to die? And my only answer is, obviously I don't want it to be painful, but I want my children to be old enough to where they can support themselves without me. Josh? That's a pretty good answer. I mean, like, before your kids is basically the answer, but, I mean, let's make it a little more specific. I'd like to go in my sleep. That seems like the way to go. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want it to drag on is kind of the biggest thing, though, because I've had had family go in a variety of ways, and... I want my family to still recognize me before I'm gone. Like I, I and I'd like yeah. to recognize them because I've I've seen the whole wasting away for years way to go, and it's just it's crushing. It's, it's agonizing. It's exhausting. Yeah. It's it, you. You don't. There's there's no mental way to process that 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 strain on a relationship because they're gone. There's 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 nothing left of them. They just haven't died yet and i don't want having gone through that myself i don't want my family to go through that so the good news josh is if you go in your sleep that's you can actually get certain pokemon that way in pokemon sleep i heard that i heard that that's yeah Mm -hmm. it's pretty crazy so Mm -hmm. yeah only only certain legendary you you, get that way exactly that's something you can leave your kids that they're Mm -hmm. never going to get otherwise it's true Mm -hmm. shay No. Okay. Sorry, I didn't know if it was finished. Uh, how I want to die is having sex for the first time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Autoerotic asphyxiation? No, actually having sex for the first time. Mm. <laughs> with the woman I love. If you've never used it, can you lose it? Oh, with the, he's, yeah, he's never been in love before. Fish! Uh, I want to go careening off the road on a motorcycle off a cliff edge and just go into like the ocean i guess man you have to learn how to drive a motorcycle you say you want to go you want to go korean off of a cliff (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. i just see him do like a swan dive off of a motorcycle into the ocean Mm -hmm. tomb raider style um, oh, yeah, yeah, it's like a big rocky grave. That's what he wants. Like a really macerated, you know. With fish's luck, he would still survive, and he'd be paralyzed with the waves crashing on his body, so the whole world can see his micro. But he could, he could still get through. boners. He'd be like, he'd be quadriplegic, but he would still get a somehow magically still get a boner. <laughs> I know. <laughs> the micro penis is just aroused through a tattered hole in his jeans. The ac- no, the accident the accident made his penis grow. No, so come on! You took it too far! Like, like all the flesh just kind of melted down and pulled right over his junk. And so he's just... stuck there. <laughs> That's with right. a two-foot dog that, that he can't irony feel irony anymore. Though, wouldn't it? Like, when he, yeah. he's fully able to use his body at a micropenis, but when he becomes quadriplegic, he has a fully functional, normal-sized penis that he mm. can't use because he's quadriplegic the cop that responds to the scene where he's paralyzed was actually the woman he was supposed to fall in love with 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 too bad. Too bad. You're it's not amazing Korean. that suicide is too far, but this no. It's... <laughs> Sorry, dude. You're Korean off a cliff now. <laughs> oh my God, we have a doozy to end this with. Ep- dep- epidemic. But fuck my life. I can't talk today. To be fair, just not in the shower. Been three hours. Epidemic said. As you get older, are you falling less in love with games? I'm not keen on getting the next-gen Xbox. Um, I would say the wonderment of being a child is obviously changed or gone, but when I love a game now, I love it in a different way as an adult. Like, I love things like No Man's Sky and Red Dead in a way I could never have loved them as a kid. Uh, And I, I love games more now than I ever did, hence why I'm part of a podcast. So that's what I would say. Uh, Josh? Yeah, I wouldn't say falling less in love with them. I do feel you on the whole not wanting to buy the next gen. Like, I I was this way in the last one. I waited forever to upgrade to this generation because there just wasn't a reason that I felt compelled by. And and I, I, I get that feeling a lot. Like, there's... I, they keep showing all these new amazing specs and whatnot, and that just doesn't do anything for me. Like, what? What's the games? Why? Why? Mm-hmm. Why? Sure, that looks nice. Why? Just why? Why am I supposed to put that, my money towards yeah. this? But um, that doesn't have to be emblematic of gaming. Yeah, I don't think that's gaming as a whole. It's just like I I don't feel like I just need to throw money at this. In, in a way that I did, like, when I was a teenager. Like, all my money was towards gaming. It was like, as soon as I got something, let's get a new game. I don't care what it was. I don't even care if it was good. I'd save up to... I remember saving up all my money for the longest time to get Gauntlet Legacy for the GameCube, which was oh, not God. good, but it was a game, and I saved up for it. Because, well, you're also a kid, though. You know, yeah. family, you have a wife. It's different, yeah. different people. And, like, that sort of thing is just, that's not the experience anymore, so. I want to say for the record, I'm the only person that answered these questions in 10 seconds or less. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, that's a good answer, though, Josh. Morgan, so, 10 seconds or less, Barnes. That's that's right. That's I tried to set here. the example. I'm like, I'm going to drop these quick <laughs> answers, and you guys keep going on these things. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we should have should have put this at the beginning of the show. Shay. Um, I feel the yes and no. I feel this great polarity within myself because I, I've never found myself more interested in indie games than I have in the past few years. Uh, but I know because kind of like you guys said, I'm less and less drawn towards big name titles than I have been in throughout my life. And as I find out more about the gaming industry and kind of like how mistreated a lot of employees are in the video game industry as it's come more to light this year it makes me like the industry or the big, the big names in the industry less and less. So I'm starting to become unfortunately a bit jaded. I hate to admit as a result. And, uh, I have just a greater appreciation for the people who make the art solely by themselves. Fish. You know, as an adult, like, I feel like I, I have less and less time to actually play uh, video games. And, like, my priorities kind of shift from, you know, being a child. So um, as an adult growing older, like, uh, yeah, I, 
I'll, I'll still be I could see myself still playing video games and probably picking up the new consoles out that come out but not being highly engrossed in you know trying out all the different titles um, and usually probably just sticking with you know fewer titles to play throughout the year because that's really the amount of time that I have so um, yeah as an adult I feel like that it's growing more and more and less of a priority for me to go out and play video games. Not to say that like it's a, a like a duty of mine to play video games, um, but but don't you feel like maybe after going through you know your divorce, which you were public about, and you know having less time you know with your kid because you have to share custody, that you have more time necessarily to. Um, invest in a hobby and be like a distraction or something yeah but like that that's also like a thing of like i don't know i feel like video games are always going to be there and like there's so many video games coming out each year it's like it's hard to keep up with like so many uh games and like even the games that we cover like it's just a scratch on the surface of like all the video games that are out there um so, I mean, for me, like, it, if I could play, you know, one or two video games a year. What? One or two finish, video games a year? Fuck, that's, I mean, that's doable, that's though. Tra- like, really. That's a track that I've been on. Like, <sighs> if you played something that was essentially endless, if like, if you were into something like one of the MMOs back in the days, like, if you were still into something like that, or if you were into one of the free-to-play games like you know dota or something like it's it's something you can put an endless amount of time into and get an equivalent reward out of um yeah i can see that like i i i spend a lot of time in those games but casually like not just putting hours and hours and hours into them but still just like going back to them because I have friends who do put tons of time into them. Um, so yeah, I can I can feel that. And that's, oddly enough, I think that's something that can give you the impression that you don't care about games as much anymore because there, there are so many more games. Like, you can hear about games that you'll never play easily. Like, just, mm-hmm. like, I, I go on Twitter all the time and people are talking about games that, well, I don't care about. Like, well, I'm never going to play this. Like, why, like, I guess maybe it's I just don't care about games yeah. anymore. But it's it's there are so many games coming out all the time now mm-hmm. that you just there's no way for you much. to keep up with it. Like it's yeah. you can't. You have to start picking and choosing. And if that it, it can make you feel like you just don't care about games as much. But there's so much more to get into if you if you want to now. So it's, yeah. I, you just have so many more options. And as an adult, you're going to just be interested in different things, you know? Yeah. Like, maybe Josh as a kid would not have been into that Outer Wilds game, but as an adult, it's uh, appealing to his sensibility. So, anyways, thanks for everybody who left a comment. Fantastic, fun, Mm -hmm. uh, exhausting. But we actually have, as we round up the show here, our thank you to everyone who goes to patreon.com slash swordchomp and donates. We give them special Patreon shoutouts once a month, usually in the form of a funny skit or sketch, as you might say. Um, so without further ado, <clears throat> Shay will begin narrating this week's, I should say this month's, Patreon shoutouts. Fish walked to the front, 
of the ornate temple and stared at it in amazement. It had a towering presence, manifesting an ancient knowledge deep inside of it. The air contained a feeling of untold power and danger. He adjusted the samurai armor, resting upon his burgeoning muscles as they tensed, knowing what was about to unfold. Walking up the stone stairs, he reached the open entrance of the temple and stepped inside to the first floor. A large ceiling held fast with wooden supports loomed over him. The first floor was one large, spacious room with a man standing in the middle, arms crossed. A sword was sheathed in a scabbard on the man's side. Fish walked towards the man and stopped roughly two meters from him. We heard you were coming. Yes, I have come. I seek it. Seek what? It. Yes, I got that. But what is it? Is it? What is it? You know. I do not know. But no matter, you will be expelled from this holy ground, whether you are alive or dead when we pull you from here. Joe, Cain, come deal with this peasant, for I desire tea. My throat is parched. Two men walked into the room, swords drawn. Fish eyed them, seeing if they had it on them. But they didn't. He watched as the man turned and walked around a wall, ascending a set of stairs to the second floor. Fish returned his gaze to the two men. He felt no fear. <laughs> Farewell. Within seconds of lackluster swordplay, Fish dispatched the two men. He laid one of the deceased men on his back. He took the other one and sat him on the face of the one laying down. His butt smothered the first man's face as the second slumped over his own legs. You should never sit down on the job. He walked over to the staircase. He watched the other man walk up and began to climb the stairs. He surveyed the new room that opened before him, lit by a mixture of sunlight and candlelight. The ceilings were much lower in this room, making the room feel less inviting. He saw the man sitting atop a tatami mat, sipping from a teacup. His eyes were closed as he savored the hot liquid steaming in the porcelain. He snapped his fingers, and a woman quickly ran to him to grab the cup from him. She hastily ran away in another room, fearing what would happen next. You are stronger than you first appeared. Where is it? Not this again. Uh, Cor... Dan W., Eric, Jackie, 
And Kevin. Five men appeared from all directions, surrounding fish. Get rid of this bucka. Uh, Owen, don't worry. Uh, I'm going to watch this time. Attack! The five descended on fish all at once. Swords clanged against his armor and his sword as he barely held his own. After a few seconds of regaining his composure, he lunged at the nearest body, slicing its stomach with his blade. Entrails leaked out as the body collapsed to the floor. He instinctively carried his swing around, turning and slicing two at the legs, severing them. They screamed and writhed in pain as they stared at their gushing limbs. The remaining two backed off in fear of dying. Fish picked up a leg from one of the men. He stared at it for a few seconds before looking at the remaining two men. Four legs bad. Two legs good. (laughs) The two looked at each other quizzically, not understanding the samurai. The picked-up leg smashed into one of their faces knocking him backwards. He heard the scream from the other man next to him, and a thump as the body dropped to the ground. He regained his senses and opened his eyes to survey the scene. He was staring at the samurai's blade, pointed mere centimeters from his left eye. Feast your eyes on this. The man said as he stabbed the last aggressor in the eye. He retracted his blade and wiped the viscera on the tunic of the last slain man. He looked at the seated man. Last time, where is it? What is it? Okay, then. Fish started to storm towards the seated man with anger in his eyes. Larry, Lisa, Michelle, Rich, uh, Ryan, Cy, Zach, uh, Howard, to battle! Eight figures flooded into the room. They sliced at the samurai, overwhelming him. Fish felt blood on his left arm as a fresh wound bit at him. He felt a slight prick from a blade in his right leg. There are too many of them, he thought to himself. He had to do something drastic if he was to survive. He launched his body at three of the figures in front of him, barreling them over and knocking their weapons from their hands. He sat up and threw his sword at one of the standing figures who started to rush him. It hit the figure in the chest and pierced flesh. Fish pulled a small blade from his wrist and began to quickly and violently stab the three toppled bodies reaching for vital spots. He rolled himself backwards and off of the three bleeding bodies, avoiding slashes from the four remaining aggressors. He hooked the hilt of a blade on the ground with his foot and flicked it upward. He threw the knife at the closest living body, but missed. He distracted the others long enough to snatch the blade from the air. 
He smashed the hilt into the face of the one who dodged the aerial knife, breaking zygomatics, maxillae, and lacrimals. In a flurry of moves, he dominated the other three, bringing their lives to an end. He looked down at the person writhing and holding its face. He pierced the arms and legs of the person, incapacitating it and leaving it to bleed out. Locating his sword, he pried it out of the dead person's chest. He dropped the other sword to the ground. Unable to locate his knife, he looked for the man. But he was nowhere to be seen. He spotted another staircase and quickly ran to it and galloped up. He reached to the top, only to have two men waiting for him. Two's a party, but three's a crowd. Fish dodged the quick slashes of the two and beheaded them with one swipe of his sword. He heard a voice around the corner of the staircase on the third floor. Epidemic? Kilbeezer? No! They were two of my best fighters! How can this be? Fish looked and saw the man standing behind four menacing figures. Fish began to feel a sense of dread. Something was more ominous about these four men. He looked past the five and spotted it. There it was, waiting for him. Danny. The man furthest left stepped forward. He did not unsheathe his blade. A riddle for thee. If thou answers correctly, my life I shall take. But if thou answers incorrectly, his life I shall take. Be on with it. What can wet the driest of conditions in small amounts, but in large amounts can dry the wettest of conditions? He pondered for a few moments. Perplexed by the proposed riddle. I got it. Lubrication. <laughs> the man produced a long, slender knife from his waist. His eyes gleamed as he stepped towards the samurai. He stopped within arm's length. He stared at the samurai's eyes, raised the knife to his own throat and raked the blade across his skin, he collapsed and choked on his own blood. God fucking damn it, Danny. Ivan! The man who stood next to the first stepped forward. Your next riddle. What has three heads, four legs, and has never known pleasure? Fish racked his brain, waiting for the answer to come to him. Ah, yes. Two people doing 69. The, the man pulled a dingy knife from his... <laughs> God damn it! 
The man pulled a dingy knife from his waist and maniacally laughed as he brought it to his throat and cut it. The laughs could be heard through the gurgles until the man had no more breath. He crumpled to the floor with a sadistic look etched upon his face. For God's sake, Reverend! A shrouded man stepped forward, appearing to be an alchemist. Before you speak, let me guess, another riddle. I am scolded yet revered. I bring life and I end life. I have the power to unite and the power to plummet countries into war. You cannot own me, but you will forever long for me. Who am I? Fish's eyes widened as he considered the question. He had no ideas. He paced the room and tapped his head, hoping the universe would gift him the answer. Ha! Oh. Huh. Vagina! The reverend nodded in approval. He pulled a small glass vial from his sleeve. He opened the vial and dumped the contents into his mouth. Within seconds, he seizured and rapidly died. <sighs> Cosmic! Do it! The final man looked at Fish with intensity. In the blink of an eye, the man was in front of Fish. He punched the samurai into the wall, almost rendering him unconscious. Before he could crumple, the man gripped his throat and hoisted him up, pinning him to the wall. The man showed his baleful smile, his eyes wide and fiery. <laughs> uh, any last words? I'll see you beyond the veil, but not today. Fish kicked the man in the balls, hobbling him. Before he could regain composure, the samurai cleaved his head from his shoulders. The head and body crashed to the ground. Fish looked at the man and began to walk towards him. No! 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 Take it! Take it! Fish severed the man's head without a word. He wiped his blade clean on the man's clothes and sheathed it. He looked to it and walked over. He gripped it in his hand, grateful to once again hold it. He brought the item to his mouth and sucked in. The sound of burning emanated from the item. A few seconds later, fish blew smoke out of his mouth. It was a vape? It was a it vape? It was a vape. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I thought that was the perfect way to end it. So, uh, first, I want to thank you three for sticking through. That was the longest one I had ever written. 
Um, I just, I couldn't stop writing this week. I was like, I was writing and I just, it kept coming to me. So thank you guys. And thank you to the listeners who stuck through that really long Patreon shout out. But in all seriousness, I want to give a big thanks to Danny P and Howard for upgrading their Patreon pledges. Thank you guys so much. Yeah. Danny and Howard, we love you. Um, I also want to give a big thanks to Kevin for the pledge. Welcome back, Kevin. Uh, it feels so, so good to have you here with us again. Uh, next, I want to thank Joe F. for his pledge. Welcome to Chomp Nation. We're beyond happy to have you here with us. We're really excited. But lastly, to all of our Chomp Nation crew that have been patrons, whether day one or our recent patrons, thank you so much for everything that you guys do, from voting in the Patreon polls to commenting on our questions of the week to voting in the Instagram polls to supporting each other when one of the chompers is having a rough time. You mean the world to us. You keep this community strong and alive from your support, and we love and appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Like, we, like, obviously, every month I tr- I get really sappy, and I say words can't explain our gratitude, and that's the truth. So, it's still, every month, it blows my mind that people are willing to pay for the four of us to continue with our dream of making this a reality, talking about video games and people actually wanting to hear us talk about it. So thank you guys so much. Yeah, for sure. And uh, that'll do it for the show. I mean, your Patreon donations will probably go toward my hospital bills because my wife is going to murder me. Um, I can tell you that. Um, we do want to thank our sponsor, Sassy D Merch. That's at Sassy D Merch on Instagram. They do fabulous dick art for your friends and family. Uh, you should go check them out also, sassydicks.com. We partner with them because they have a love for video games and a love for, well, dick jokes, which <laughs> if you listen to our podcast or follow this, you know that's right up our alley. Uh, they do a lot of great work. It's a lot of fun working with um, you know, seeing all the new art that they put out. So go give them a follow. That's at Sassy D Merch on Instagram. Hop on over there right now. Say hi. Give them a follow. Like some photos or sassydicks.com. That's right. See see if like if you guys end up buying merch from them, tag us and them in it. We want to see that stuff out in the wild. You know, like if you're ever, if you're ever you know, prompted to buy something from them through us tag us in it we want to see that kind of stuff that'd be awesome for sure for sure well it's been a lot of fun uh let's get out of here like i said we have our side podcast in the blood or evoking the sublime you should go check those out if you want to listen to some great interview podcasts and the sword chomp family of course patreon.com slash sword chomp and our sponsor sassy d merch uh be back next week and it was kind of a show that was all over the place but we thank you for sticking with us it was a lot of fun Shay joining us from Japan Josh from Michigan Fish from Texas and of course uh, myself from Montana and we will see you next week for an all new challenge